Hi, I'm Trace Dean. And I'm Jamie Jones. And together we create Dodger. Dodger. And you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Starts off strong every week. All downhill from there. Straight <laughs> out the gate, peaking like a like a high like a like a Texas high school quarterback. That's the right. That's okay. You're gonna pump our gas on there. That, that was our. That was one of our. <laughs> talking about obnoxious. That was one of our cheers at ten. <laughs> Probably not too far from the truth with some of you guys. How obnoxious is that? Oh, goodness. These days, you'd be lucky to get a gas, uh, job pumping gas. Really? Shit. What do you get minimum wage for that? That's like the gold standard. Wait. Listen to you. It's so condescending. You don't even mean it. What do you get? Like minimum wage? You can hear the bile rising when he says minimum wage. Oh, I got him. You'd be lucky to get that. Why would you be lucky to make minimum wage? Living like a player in Pennsylvania if you're pumping gas. It's my name above the golf sign. <laughs> I can honestly say there's not, not been one gas attendant I've ever met that I thought. Shit's, shit's going right for this dude. Let me see your thumb. Oh, oh shit. Uh, good times already. In Jersey, We're not even... We got lots of gas attendants because you can't pump your own gas. I like that. I mean, why not employ some well, I don't know. I think any that's different. a good I mean, idea. Uh, you know, it's it's... 95% of the time I've ever had to fill up, it's been in a place where they have to do it for you. I love the smell of gas. I, I love Outside, I do, but like when I'm driving back with like full gas tanks for like the lawnmowers and shit, nah. Not it's fun. not son, because it's... Can't have that. Can't have that. It just sticks around in the car and you roll up the windows when you're done and everything. It's just nah. Nah. All I know is uh, our boo is really making the most of his extended winter break. So Dude okay. went to like Two movies in the entire first eight years of our show. <laughs> last two days. Well, one of those movies, he was very smart to go see. I think both, ASAP. actually. Uh, the other one, it, it, that's entertainment. That's just, that's fluffy. I heard it. But it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. That's great. I already oh, saw the Best we Picture. We didn't see that in the theater. What, you steal it? Wait, you didn't see Creed in the theater? No. He stole it. No, he didn't steal it. It's a screener. You see Creed, then. A screener? screener. How the freak did you get a screener already? Because my boy at work, his son, is is an actor. Oh, I thought you I went see through the screener again. No, 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 we didn't. We no, 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 no. What'd you think of it? Creed fucking loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was, was I up, mean, right? and, and Renee, Renee was like bouncing around every time when they showed the in ring action. She was just all about it, and she's like moving with Adonis and everything like that. She was having a blast. I was enjoying watching her, but. It was, I thought, I thought it was very strong. I thought that the whole, um, the, the, the connect, I, I like that Rocky was the supporting character. It, it, even if they don't continue the franchise and they don't make a Creed 2, I thought it was just, it was the interaction with everybody and calling them Unk and it, it, it touched on all, all the right parts. It, uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of of the original franchise, it it definitely 
uh, brought you back to that. The whole thing with the eye, they were, they were just little, little things like when he's tapping, oh, it, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. You, you, people need to watch it and, and just, they'll love it. It was absolutely fantastic flick. I'm glad you brought that up because we will be hearing more from Sylvester Stallone later on in the episode. Oh, right? wow. Okay. So he's, he's now Mickey then. Yes, yeah, it was right? Mickey. Yeah, it's, it's, huh. it's, uh, it's essentially a remake of the original. I mean, in yeah. Other yeah. Yeah. They, they, they can definitely consider it a reboot and it was, it was a reversal. It was, uh, it was strong. I, I thought everybody did a fantastic job too. Nice. It's nice you know for our else? boy Michael Jordan. Wait, hold on. Nice for our boy Michael Jordan to wipe, wipe, wipe the stank of that Fantastic Four film off of his back. Yeah. Yes. And what was neat is that as I'm, as I'm looking and I'm like, Hey, that's where Wallace is at. Here comes fucking, uh, Avon Barksdale standing next to him. What? Yeah. Avon's Avon in it too? Avon for, for a hot minute. Oh, okay, Avon. cool. Yeah. What Fantastic Four? Exactly. I don't oh, I, remember no, one. I, yeah. What was I, I? I had a brain fart there. I was in there. I was, I was thinking about Earth too. For a second. <laughs> There you go. And you know what else is fantastic? What? We are, because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode, hold on to your girdles, 400. Holy free holy. I never thought it would be possible. Well, especially with, with, I didn't think we'd, I didn't think we'd get to 400 with with you still being part of the show. That's really funny. I'm the driving force. 400. Shit. 400. I am. 400 uninterrupted weeks of entertainment. Now, just think about that. We have done this in one form or another. Sometimes it's two of us. Sometimes it's all of us. I don't even... Was it ever just one of us? No. Well, I did it with Chris. There you go. Well, okay. Um, But we have been in these chairs for 400 consecutive weeks. That's a feat. How many many houses? I mean, I've only been in the one. Two for me. Two for each of you. Yep. Um, we've, you've, you've one had. One extra kid. You've, right, exactly. You've, 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 we've seen the birth of a son. Uh, we've, um, I don't know how many, and I didn't count up the conventions we've all been to. It's, it's just, it's, I mean, I've. Got a promotion. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vince got a new job. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still doing my thing. <laughs> Thank God for that. Taking the mad cheddar. Appreciate huh. that. Well. Um, you know where you can save Mad Cheddar? Where? <laughs> Segway City. No. Discount Comic Book Service. Oh, That's geez. our sponsor, DCBService.com, where you and all your friends and everybody you know can get the absolute cheapest prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as, this is probably the last week you're going to hear this because I uh made a little sojourn to the local comic shop and the new previews is out today so when the new previews comes out ding the curtain is falling day after christmas it's going to come it'll be like christmas back-to-back days nice from vertigo dark and bloody it's a six issue miniseries written by sean aldridge art by scott godlewski 3.99 cover price that's the new standard for vertigo it seems your price if you should solicit discount comic book service, would be a paltry 99 cents for the first issue. That's 75% off. Don't even think about it. From Image, Mirror, brand new series. Mirror number one by Emma Rios, Hui Lim. It looks gorgeous. It's a, uh, it follows a terrorist talking dog, an idealist mage, and a heroic lab rat. Wow. 
It's a fantasy book, obviously. A little bit of science fiction thrown in. Your price, $1.49. That's half off the cover price. And last but not least, from The Dark Horse, this is a big, thick old book. Uh, I Am a Hero, Omnibus, collects the first two uh, manga in this acclaimed series. Written, drawn, conceived, uh, sweated over by Kengo Hanazawa. Cover price is nineteen ninety nine. Your price is a paltry nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Nice. Fifty fifty percent off. Do it. Go to discount comic book service and save. DCBService.com. Yeah. And before yeah. we uh we jump off the DCBS love, I have to tell them a huge thanks once again because uh they have uh as far as I can tell been doing a masterful job at uh putting our exceptionally beautimous uh insert into every package. And I believe the vast majority of them will be coming out in this package because this would be the month-end package. So I know a lot of people get their shipments monthly. So if you're hearing <laughs> this and don't know what we're talking about, you will by the end of this weekend. Yes. but uh, I'm a monthly. There you go. So you haven't gotten yours yet then? No. Well, I can tell you that it came out great. So thanks to the Merklers and the team at DCBS for for, for doing the, uh, the, the legwork on this. Thanks to our man Vince for designing the thing. Thanks to our man Daniel White for the logo that we uh, so proudly and prominently displayed in it. That's where all the pretty comes from. A lot of it. And uh, mm-hmm. and I want to send a shout out to my boy Paul at Barrington Press for doing the print job for us and drop shipping it to uh, DCB headquarters in like a matter of like two days. <clears throat> so much love to him too. That's, cr- that's crazy. What was that? I think Dap tooted. Oh my lord! No, that was um. I restored my uh, my phone today, so a lot of the uh, the alerts and shit haven't been silenced yet. Oh, so I see. <clears throat> I see. So, uh, so Merry Christmas, boys! Merry Christmas, brothers! This is awesome. Happy belated yeah. Hanukkah! Thank you. Happy Diwali! What's that? Uh, it's a it's a Indian celebration. Be more culture, oh. Vince. Be more. Uh, happy Kwanzaa! Yay! Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. We don't have any grievances here, so we have nothing to air. It's very true. Well, um, congrats to our our man Zach Crusay and his lovely wife for selling their home. Oh, yes, yes definitely for that. And congrats to uh, Stephen and Rebecca for the birth of uh, of their son, yes, Stephen Chambers. For sure. Still, that that's not the name of the child. I'm sorry, Stephen Chambers is who I'm talking to. But yes, they. Uh, Rebecca gave birth uh, before last week. We didn't get to mention it during the episode, but yeah. Do we uh, do we have any thank yous? I do. Go ahead. Um, I have a couple. I have to thank yeah. the awesome Tom Kelly for making with the libations yet again. As I said, I went to the local comic shop and waiting there for me was a case of Yingling Lager. Nice. And an awesome card that pops up to pop up Christmas card, and it was um, augmented by Mr. Kelly. He he changed Santa into a monster for me because he knows how I roll. So uh, Tom Tom Kelly, fantastic illustrator, great designer. <laughs> Check out his stuff. He is the best at what he do. Um, Mr. Mr. Tom Kelly loves the silhouette and he puts them to very good use. So check out his art, Tom Kelly, K E L L Y. Um, and I got a Chris, another Christmas present. Do you? Yes. Okay. Um, our, our good buddy, uh, Hassan 
went yet again. This is another repeat performance. Uh, this year, he sent me, get this, the um, Fanagraphics Mickey Mouse Library. Oh, nice. Volumes um, 7 and 8, the slipcase version, which contain the March of the Zombies and the Tomorrow Wars. Now, you know how I eat this... Um, Floyd Godfredson stuff up because I love it. It's, it's vintage. And that's, there's a conundrum here because I love Mickey in the comics. I hate Mickey animated. Oh yeah. Hey, oh, he's such a, I don't, he's, he's like milk toast, but in the comics, he's awesome. So I don't know. They, they, that sounds like a very, um, it was a very calculated plan on Disney's part, not to make Mickey enjoyable. Um, but anyway, so, uh, two hardcovers, slipcase, beautiful collection. I am now, Thanks to our buddy Hassan, up to date on the Fanographics Mickey Library. That's awesome. It is awesome. He I is thank you very much. Us. He is. You didn't have to do that, but you know what? I'm kind of glad you did. It's and true. I appreciate it. I appreciate it very, very, very much. And guess what? You'll be hearing about one or both of these books, hopefully next episode, because I cannot wait to dive in. Cannot wait. I agree. And and I too have a thank you from Hassan. He is very, very kind and he sent me the uh, first and second volume hardcovers from Titan Comics, who's a ooh yeah, very really yes uh, of Snowpiercer, <gasps> nice, which is a French uh, a, 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 a French graphic novel that was turned into the very successful uh, indie darling hit of last year. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna borrow those. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, so I, I really, I dug the movie. It was crazy post, this crazy post apocalyptic story of, uh, essentially the world's frozen over and this one giant train essentially houses all of humanity and it just goes around and around the world on this big track. And it's a caste system where everybody in the back are the workers and live in abject poverty. And then all the way up to the front where you have the gendarme living in this awesome life as if nothing's ever went wrong. So very, very cool. Um, as you said, See, it's super thoughtful, and uh, I just flipped through them because I just received them. But uh, just gorgeous artwork, and um, they're French. The art, I, I, I don't know how to say the gentleman's names. Um, hold on, look. See, so this is a heartfelt gift mm-hmm. in both in both instances, right? This, I don't want her to hear because she's upstairs. This is these are more heartfelt gifts than I have ever received from people in my family. And I'll be honest wow. with you, because no, but listen, because. Hassan knows that Jason loves the post-apocalyptic yeah, stuff, right? Sure. So he get he he gives him with something in that uh, genre. He knows I love the vintage comic strips. Boom! It's like my family picking. They don't. They just plunk in the Amazon wish list. Oh, that looks good. I'll just get that. You know what I mean? And it's already attuned to me. But these these people listen. Why do they listen to us? Why? You're right. And it's very heartfelt, and it's very much appreciated. Just wanted to, so the first volume, the original, uh, was created by Jacques Loeb and Jean-Marc Rocher, Ooh. and then uh, Benjamin Legrand uh, took over for Jacques Loeb, but uh, along with Jean-Marc Rocher on the uh, second volume. I like his chocolates. <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> Got to unwrap them. Though. The uh, well, I don't have anything physically in my hand to thank. Um, Hassan four. Uh but I did receive an email from Comixology and uh he was very kind and uh sent me uh 
the two volumes of the 1987 Suicide Squad series. Oh, that's awesome. Volume one, Trial by Fire. Volume two, The Nightshade Odyssey. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man numbers 124 and 125 with beautiful Gilkin artwork and uh, some more assorted Batman and the Outsiders to continue my collection from uh, going from last year. Sweet. Nice. Thank you very much. He's a sweetheart. Thank you. Cheers to you, sir. Yes. I hope you and your family have an awesome holiday. Me too. So oh, he's, they've already seen, uh, he's taken the girls to see The Force Awakens twice now. I know. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of, we will, for those of you who want to hear our thoughts on episode seven, we will talk about it, but it will be at the very end of the episode, even after our in your travel. So this way, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you can uh, stop it when we say good night. David yeah. and uh, we're not we're not going to devote a whole episode to it because let's be honest that shit's played out. <laughs> well, so I, think more I mean everybody and their brothers do. I, mean, it. I think doing it at the end is key because I, I mean we don't want people to feel the feel the need to not listen to this particular episode since it's uh, the Christmas Seriously. episode and episode four hundred. Although I must say um, we don't have anything <laughs> particularly special planned for tonight. <laughs> Zero. But by the way, but here's a little lead into that. I took the liberty. Of going back and researching our prior anniversary episodes. Oh my goodness! And I, uh, I was surprised to see because I don't remember one with the other that we have made a habit of not doing anything all that special on our <laughs> anniversary episodes. Does that really surprise you? No. no. Yeah. So our one hundredth. Well, first of all, before I get into this, uh, what uh, what are you drinking, David? I am drinking part of the December box from Knocking Point. This is Knocking Point's estate blend. It's 50% Syrah, and for Vince, 50% Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. And it is, uh, it's pretty tasty. The bottle will probably be finished tonight. Oh, damn. It's like that. It is like that. What about you, Bill? I, um, I uh, mentioned to you, Dap, uh, a new wine club called Bright Cellars. Yes. And uh, we were very pleased with the first month, so we're, we kept it going for another another round, like keep this party going. And uh, the new bottles just arrived this week, so I opened up one for the show tonight. And it's called Las Rosas. It's a 2014 Chilean blend. And uh, by description, Chile's very own producers uh, bring us a dark crimson hue that opens up to reveal ripe blueberry and black cherry aroma. Mm, yeah, I love black cherry. Perfect flavor balance of plum, blackberry, and earthy nuances make this Carmenere exceptional in taste and long on the finish. In other words, dudes, it's got great mouthfeel. It and uh, like it. I'm loving every sip of it. Hmm. Vince, what you got? Cool. Well, I'm going to raise a bottle to Mr. Tom Kelly. I figured. Because I'm digging into the yingling already. Hail to the yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to drink it all. So, episode 100, without looking, can you guess roughly when episode 100 took place? Okay. Um, 2008. Well, yeah. Um, we started, what, in the fall of 2007? Correct. Um, oh, wait, wait. So, BB was 2006. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it was the, it was the oh. fall of 2006, and then and into like early mid 2007. Okay, 
So it would be 2009 for episode 100. March 18th, 2010. Wow. Wow. The 11 o'clock chat room is ablaze with the activity as forum members help us celebrate 100 episodes of insanity, bringing questions at us while we talk about siege number three, powers (laughs) number three, curses versus prayers, Deadwood, shout out, Northwest Passage from Oni Press, Tom Fowler, and Mysteriously Unfathomable, Survivors, Dick Tracy, the hey. long box beta. Wow, talk about Incredible Hulk number two oh eight and Hulk number twenty one. Jeff Loeb, Marvel versus DC continuity. Our second favorite writers, Alan Moore versus Grant Morrison, Christopher Priest, Sados Ados, Steve Gerber, Stan Lee, First Wave number one, Batman, The Ultimate Guide to GI Joe. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, New Wave, the underground mini-comics of the 80s, Our Obsession with Collectibles, The Price of Comics, Podcast Regrets, 100 and Stray Bullets, J. Michael Straczynski and Babylon 5, Listener Emails, and much, much more. Wow. Well, you can just leave that off if you're going to read the rest of them, because they all say and and a whole mess more, much, much more. They don't. Wow, and you know, as you're reading those things, I can I can tell who covered what. You're oh, right, yeah. right? I, yeah. Well, let's see. Who do you think talked about uh, Siege Number Three? Probably all of us, Read. but it was probably yeah. Howard, um, like that would probably be either you. It was probably you that did Powers. I think so, Deadwood. Yeah. You, you did the GI Joe. Deadwood, was you, you and Chris. Yeah, because I've never seen Northwest it. Passage. I think it was Chris. Yeah. We all raved about Tom Fowler. Yeah. Sure. I have no idea which one of you mugs talked about Dick Tracy. I just know it wasn't me. It's probably, it was, I probably mentioned Joe Staten drawing it at one point. That's probably yeah. why Vince drew it in. We probably all talked about Loeb's Hulk because we were digging that at the time. Shit. Yeah. It's still, it's still great. Alan Moore versus Grant Morrison. I'm sure it's a group discussion. Priest was me, that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Gerber was you, Vince, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go back and listen to that episode because I'm sure during the Alan Moore versus Grant Morrison part that I was probably leaning towards the side that I'm not leaning oh, towards. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Stan Lee was probably Chris and I. Mm-hmm. First wave, uh, I guess it was all of us, reluctantly. Yeah. Uh, Batman, it must have been you, Vince, I bet. I would guess that first wave was probably initiated by Chris. Probably. Yeah. Uh, TMNT, I'm going to assume, is you. Yep. New Unless wave it was... was probably you. Yeah. With a Dap and I chiming in a bit because we, we read it too, but you were the one that pushed that. Yeah. But yeah, man. Cool. cool. We'll do this again for the next. Yeah, we'll do uh, a little interstitial. I got, I got two more. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Um, what are we going to talk about? There's, 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 uh, tell me that y'all read DK3 number two. You know I did. You know I did because we, we mentioned that before the yeah. show started. So yeah, I did. Well, that, it was more of a question for Jason because I, I'm I on a read it. Damn you. But I can, dude, I really don't, you can talk about it. No. No, I, I, I really, was... honestly really don't care. I think we, I it, think we can talk about it. It's very good. Yeah, you could definitely talk about it. Seriously, I'm, I'm going to read it. No, I'm going to read it tonight. Oh, did you guys did, did, um, 
I didn't I didn't crack it open yet. I actually didn't even take the shrink wrap off, so I don't know how the deluxe version. I didn't get it yet. Get the fuck out of here, dude! It came out. They didn't they didn't just ship it to you. I didn't. No, you get them up, it's probably it came. I'm, so do I, but it just it it just came in a it, it was by itself. It just came in its own box. She knows I don't require that kind of. Treatment. I don't no, either. I just yeah, <laughs> okay. whatever. Dude. That, yeah, really? No, that it, it'll it'll most likely be in my box. If it if not, I'll just run. I have to open it yet. That okay. Is it is it a beautiful presentation? It's it, it's, it's a Jim Lee penciled cover sketch, or, or penciled sketch cover, and it's it, it it's it's white. I'm looking forward to seeing where the next seven spines. What I, I have a feeling what they're going to actually look or, or form of when they're in the slipcase, but um I just I keep meaning I I leave it in the other room so I keep forgetting to open it to see how the uh the mini comic looks all all blows up. Now is it a hardcover yes. is it a, it's a true hardcover? Yes. Wow. I'm I'm excited now. Cause that's the presentation this kind of a monumental series demands. Well let's well, let's hear about number two. What did you guys think? I thought it, it, the story took, is taking a turn that I did not expect. It seems to be as much about Candor and, and, and Ray Palmer as it is about. Well, it, it's as much as the master race. Right. Yeah. And, and so now we know who the master race supposedly is. Yeah. Didn't we already know that? Yeah, we did. Um, I, I didn't yeah, think no, it was, it was kind of, that. yeah, it was, it was pretty much, there, there's nothing subtle about this series. Um, they, they've been hitting you over the head from jump and it's, it's more, more of, of the same with that. There's absolutely nothing, um, to guess when, as far as, you know, who the sides, who, who makes up which side and who, where, where, where anybody's true allegiances lie. It, it's, it's pretty much all, all right there. Everybody's wearing it on their sleeves. The, uh, the art. It's like, it's like Ditkoian philosophy. There's only two sides, the black and the white. Yeah, but even, well, even if there aren't only two sides, you know where, because. Isn't that comfortable? It's, well, okay, so one side is Candor, the other side is, uh, the what dead guy, the, the, the other one is, yeah, but it, everybody still has to get there. So right now, um, I thought the resale art in the Wonder Woman section was, yeah. was pretty solid. It, that, that Kick was really, and, and, and that's not to say the Cubert stuff wasn't solid. I think the Cubert work here was a little sharper than the first issue. He's, he's, he's definitely getting a feel for it just in time for us to take a fucking break for a month. So they have the, uh, I was hoping for another nipple. On, I on wonder why, really? We, we didn't get, we got a little side. Maybe we'll see it on the commissioner next month. The. <laughs> no. So, uh, it, it just, it, there was a lot for me. There was, um, there was, there was a little bit more fluff than more, more style than substance in my mind. As far as the main story goes. It's very linear. And I kind of like that. It is, it, but it reads quick and, and none of the previous Dark Knight series read quick for me. There was a lot to soak in and, and I just took my time with it. And, and there's, there's nothing here that, that really makes me want to linger 
on the page or make. And then again, because there's no guesswork, you know where everybody stands. It is very easy to just read and and get through and and just and be caught up, which is which is fine. It just you know it's it's just another way to tell the story, and that's what the story's doing. But there's still not a lot of meat here for me. Well, with the originals, you got a third issue more than this. So, oh yeah, every every issue is 48 pages. Right. I think there's a lot to chew on. I think the 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 top half of this issue was very dense with um the interrogation and and then the the flashbacks. I, I knew she was lying. Yeah. But um but and that's the I, other I, thing. We 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 devote like pages to her telling this story which is just a big fit. It's mythology. The the whole that that's what these these things are based the, DK2 was entirely mythology. Right? Who even knows if if all of those events happened the way we were told they happened? We don't know that yet, right? Right. But then, but it could have been a, a crazed dream by the 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 big bad. I don't know. But all I'm saying is, I I think this in spirit is doing justice to the first one because this is very close to what they establish what Frank established in, in the first series. It, it's it's a familiar sight. It, it I'm not looking at it through the same lenses, but I'm, I'm I'm it's not it's not the same comfortable pair of jeans. They're just you know it's still the same. They're in the same closet as my other jeans. I I know what you're saying, and yes, it it there it is more of a continuation of. The Dark Knight Returns more so than right. I think Dark Knight Strikes Again, but it's still I, I'm still not past the we're we're borrowing these from Frank and we're we're telling a story that that Frank started and we're hoping to do it in the spirit of Frank and and that's that's what I'm that's the disconnect for me I'm missing that whole spirit of I don't get the spirit of, of Frank in in this book. I wonder if there was a preliminary meeting before any of this got committed to paper where I'm sure that the the people in charge at DC had to be convinced that Azarello was not going to go batshit crazy on this like Frank did with the second one. Because I'm sure that moved a good amount of paper, but I will reluctantly admit that it is nowhere near revered as the first one. No, not not even close. It's like you know maybe ten to one, and I love the second one. You know, I I I love the first one. They're they're different in tone. They're different. The agenda is different with each one of them. Whatever the case, but there there are pages in this. There are sequences in in DK three that bring to mind the second one. Like whenever Ray Palmer enters the stage. I'm thinking of the second series. Well, sure. It it, it, it just that that's my link to DK2. But, you know, when you have Carrie and all that other stuff, then and I think maybe it was a calculated attempt to bridge both of them. We'll see. But I think this uh, this Quar guy, he needs to die. Oh, yeah. Very, very quickly. But it's not going to happen. But I, I don't like him at all. 
now. I mean, I know that's the point. As with as with that movie we saw in the interim, if there were, you know, if there's ever a way to make you hate the villain, <laughs> you know, stop it. Take, stop. Just 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 do it, right? Um, but spoilers if you haven't read DK three. Oh yeah. Um, supposedly, I mean, we haven't seen a body. We hear a sound, but supposedly. Um, Mr. Palmer is, uh, trampled underfoot. Yeah, but see, the thing is, he, like, like Homeboy said, let, let, let's see, you know, we're, we're reversing this irreversibly and, and let's see what happens if you keep shrinking. And right. so, yeah, I mean, there's, so if, if he, if he's dwarfed by an atom, somebody stepping on him is not going to do anything nope. to him. Right. And I'm thinking this is going to turn around and bite, uh, Quar This will be Achilles' the- heel. It, this is the thing. This is where they fail right here by allowing Ray Palmer. He's going to go into the subatomic universe or whatever. He's going to find some source of power Somebody's or tap in. Him. Yeah. And, and, and this is their undoing and they don't even know it yet. Maybe this is, this series is all. Maybe the master race is Ray Palmer and the little people. You never know, but I'm just saying this could be equivalent of something written on the source well. I mean, everything could be foretold already. We don't know, but I'm just, I'm having a lot of fun. I think I, I think these the first two issues are, are two steps in in the in a very good direction. Did you guys order the uh, that that Dark Knight Universe Joker's story? I did. Of course, Indeed, you did. I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh come come on. John Romita Jr. and Bill Sienkiewicz in the same I book. I had to order it. Yeah, I have to check it out at least. I mean, one has slipped, one has fallen, but I still love them both. So we'll see. Agreed. Yeah. But uh, can't wait to get this in, in, in my box. You love uh, it in th- your if, box. If this hardcover is as special as you, I'm glad I went that route. Nice. Now, now. What are we going to have to pay like a premium for the eighth one? Is it going to be like no, twenty? No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure it the the slipcase comes either. I don't know if the retailers have to figure it out. I don't know if the slip slipcase comes with the eighth issue, and then this way you get them all. Or because who's going to buy who's going to buy the eighth issue with a slipcase and not have the first seven? So you don't you don't get the slipcase with the first one. You get it when the series is done. Right. Um. But I don't expect it to be. I, I'm pretty sure they even said that it the, the slipcase is is included with with the series. So I didn't I didn't see them selling it for anything. So this is cool. We won't have to buy any collected editions after this. That's right. Maybe maybe the absolute though. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, I remember way back when when the Barry Windsor Smith Storyteller slipcase came out. That uh, and back. Back then, there were a lot more comic shops in my area than there are now. Now there is a grand total of one. Uh, but then there were at least three, probably four. And I remember that slipcase causing a lot of headaches on that particular Wednesday because they're big, right? Your shipment has now grown from maybe, you know, six boxes to like 18. Right. So we're going to see what what happens with this slipcase thing. It's going to be interesting to 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 witness. I'm sure it's going to drive Christina and company nuts. Their 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 shipments probably going to they're going to need a warehouse for them all. Good thing they have one. Yeah. Well, that's true. So yeah, good job DC. Keep it up. Frank is Frank is a master. That's all I can say. Nice. 
<laughs> yeah, because he wrote a Wonder Woman story. The maestro. <laughs> uh, good job, good job writing that Wonder Woman story about a mother and no, a daughter. No, and her daughter. He, he conceived this whole thing. He's like whispering in Azrael's ear, mm. do this. No, 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 don't do that, do this. And Azrael's like, yes, sir, I'll do that. Yeah, and that's how it goes. I wish. I don't, I don't think I'd be reading the same book as you if that were the case. So the, let's see. And that, that Jason's been all quiet. What have you I been know, all quiet and shit. I read a shit ton of stuff this week. Um, Do tell. I uh, I've been trying to catch up on the the the, the OGN reading. Beautiful. Because I uh, gotta gotta figure out what we're going to do on the on the eleven o'clock yes. and all that, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's gonna be my weekend, I think, filling out that mallet. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Do it again. Yes. yes. I'm watching the Jungle Book. Do it again. So the the the. The first thing I read, probably the most anticipated, was uh, Two Brothers by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba, ah. who also happen to be two brothers. Um, and it is a twenty four ninety nine Dark Horse original hardcover graphic novel that adapts uh, the work of a of a gentleman named Milton Hatoum. And it's story of Omar and Yakub, who are uh, twin brothers, but uh, due to a series of circumstances, one is sent to live with relatives in Lebanon, while the other stays in Brazil. And uh, for those that don't know, the Bon Moon are identical twin brothers who live in Brazil. Um, and uh, it's they definitely like to write about that setting. Uh, we, we got that same... Same setting in Day Tripper, which I loved a few years ago when they did that book together. Um, and essentially, five years later, um, the brothers reunite in uh, in Brazil, and uh, and the story is really a story of their journey and, and, in particular, their lives interacting with one another. Um, it's getting tons of critical acclaim, um, and I thought it was really well done. Like I thought it was well executed. Um, I love Ba and Moon's art, so I, I'm never going to be upset at a chance to see them do some cartooning. But I must say that whereas Day Tripper just grabbed me and still stays with me, and I just I think it's a phenomenal work, I found this to be very um, emotionally detached. Um, mm. And again, it, you did, I, I you did what's that? You invented something. You just invented something. The sound caveat. The sound caveat. I, I usually like their stuff. <laughs> that little <laughs> thing on the end. That's the sound caveat. Like, beware, cause it's coming. Here's the thing. It, it, uh, and it could be no, it could be, it's like a bad breakup. It, it could be me, not them. Um, but for me, I didn't care all that much about either brother. Oh. And, I didn't, and it, it, it's just, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it's, it's a hell of a depressing book. Like there's no happy endings here. So, you know, by the end of the book, I just was kind of left thinking like, okay, I mean, really well executed story of, of, of a work that I think has already, that the work by Hatoon that they're adapting was what was already critically acclaimed. Um, like when they talk about him, they say he's recognized as one of Brazil's most important writers. Um, so again, I think this work probably has some import, and that's why they chose it. But uh, but for me, it just didn't it didn't in any way grab me the way the Day Tripper did, which I thought just had so much emotional 
um, gravitational force behind it. It sucked you in. Right. And, uh, and this didn't suck me in in that same way. So, um, like very clinical, I had a very clinical experience with it. I look at it now and I think a really well executed work from the packaging to the cartooning to the structure. It's, there's nothing quote unquote wrong with the, with the work. There's no, right. But it's just, you know, ultimately I think we want to be entertained or have some kind of emotional pull from our consumption of, of fiction. And I just didn't have that. It just left me cold. So. So the fraying is originates with the source material. I mean, it's Bond Moon, right? It's right. it's got got to look beautiful. Oh, it looks phenomenal. I love their artwork. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. Look, the 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 cartooning is wonderful. Again, it's just I don't care about the I don't care about the family, and I don't and I certainly don't. There's there's very little. There's there's very few high notes. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's very much about tension and 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 the ever increasing. Um, impact of that tension until finally you get to a climax that is, uh, as I said, not a happy ending. So, so like I said, I mean, very good book. Again, it's making a lot of top 20, top 25 lists this year as people all weigh in on their best ofs and, uh, and based on my love for those two creators and also my love for day tripper, I, I genuinely thought that when I unwrapped it out of the packaging, it would, it would be immediately vault into one of the shortlist for my end of the year awards. But um, it's not going to, fa- it's not going to factor in just again, because this didn't have the emotional pull that I was hoping for. So I'm a little bit scared for the 11 o'clockers cause I have to find time to review. You do. Yeah. There, there, there is so much that this is the hardest know, I, year by far for me at like easily. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I read a lot this year, but I don't feel like there was anything in particular that just, just ran away with it. Even even like like the writer there. Usually I have maybe two guys that I'm deciding between, but this year there were a lot of guys I thought that did a great job writing, but not one that I just thought, all right, this guy's my guy this year. And same thing with with I mean, artists is always harder because you know again there's great artists are doing one book a month usually, and so we have lots of more choices. And I'm I think we're all a little bit the visuals are you know I, that, so that's always a little bit harder. But I mean all the categories, uh, I just I, I I definitely have many far fewer categories filled in locked and loaded at this point in the process than I ever do. Yeah. Right. I I look back and I think of what should be and what is Mm -hmm. fanographic should be my publisher of the year every single year. Because when you look at, at the bulk of their output, no, the entirety of their output, how do you compete with peanuts and, and those classic comics and all those great, uh, indie cartoonists, like, you know, how do you compete with, with Dan Klaus and, and Los Brothers Hernandez? How, how? You can't, right? So they should be my, my number one publisher, mm-hmm. but they aren't because like you, I look and, and I try and remember what really hit me hard. What, what, what series, what books really res, and, and hip hop family tree. How do you beat that? That's just like a great book, but, like with Bond Moon with you, I look at Pisker's work on hip hop, right? And it's amazing. But I have to admit, I'm a dumbass when it comes to rap. So a lot of that stuff goes over my head right. or it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me because I don't know who the hell is. And he's that's a good juxtaposition about. because as you know, for me, that's not the case, right? Cause I do love that, that genre and I do know the history. At least I knew most of the people he's talking about. So for me, I do have a, an emotional resonance to what he's doing there. Right. Yeah. And I, and I feel bad because on the page, 
it's phenomenal. And you can, you can glean, it's apparent how much effort he's putting into this. See, if you follow Pisker on, on the, on the Facebook, he, he does a drawing and immediately puts it up. Like, here's the pages I'm working on. I'm doing this this weekend. This is my favorite splash in hip hop yet. And, and the, the work is phenomenal, but it's, it's hollow for me. I don't, you know, I, I, like I said, don't know who these people are, but I, I'm pretty confident that the publisher I'm picking for, for my number one of the year, it's a case of every single book just clicking with me uh, on a level that not even Marvel can compete with. Mm-hmm. So it, it's so I'm going with the heart this year. Well, but I, yeah, like I, I was going to say, I, I already know you're picking for publisher of the year. That's easy. Yeah. Um, but I have to, I have to just jump in the, uh, the Wayback Machine, just, you know, I'm, mimetic, that, that, that comes first to mind. But like I said, I got a review, got a review. David, what'd you read? You're awful quiet. No, because when, um, yes. thinking about the, uh, the, the ballots and, and voting, and mm. usually every year it's very easy for me to, Look over and say, oh, you know, Dan Slott wrote so many issues of Amazing Spider-Man and here's Jason Aaron and here's, you know, Jonathan Dickman. But I think for me, I have to just kind of get over the, I'm calling it a speed bump just because it kind of messed up schedules and stories. Uh, Secret Wars smack dab in the middle and, and to the end of the year, it, it killed the flow that a lot of the stories that yeah. I was, so I mean, I, you know, you could say, I could still say Jason Aaron because he wrote a great series for Weird World and, you know, and Slot still wrote some good issues of Amazing Spider-Man and, and, uh, you know, pre reboot and Secret War. So it, I have to, it's not as easy for me to just look in at past years and go, okay, well, what did this guy draw this year that, uh, that was consistent and, um, we gotta stop doing that. I do, I'm very guilty of that. I, I look at my year, my, my list for the year before and I go down and I, I say, I kind of use okay. it as a template or, or, or jumping yeah. off point just to see where I was because it also helps me go back and see because I don't, I don't remember what the fuck I wrote, read in February right now. Oh, I, I do remember like back in January that I said Spider Gwen's pretty much book of the year and, and that was, you know, with one issue in. So I know that there were some things last year that either looking over what we discussed and what was our comic news of the year and, and, uh, and what we were looking forward to. Um, but I don't, I don't do that. I don't look at last year's and, and say, okay, well, I'm just going to control C, control V and now everything's in the new spreadsheet and I'm good and I'm done. And, uh, I just, I use it to see what I may have missed since it's been so long since I read things back. At the beginning of the year. Right. So what'd you read for this week? I read the, uh, the new Squadron Supreme. And there was one panel that made me absolutely giddy as hell. I read it too. Dude. First of all, it's, it's written by James Robinson and True to form, he's carrying over some of his previous work, uh, because when you get to the end of the issue, there's a, uh, 
he, he brings back a character that, uh, that we recently saw in, um, all new invaders who kind of kicked off all new invaders. The, the, the issue ends with, with Jim Hammond, um, wanting to bring this squadron supreme to justice, uh, because Jim Hammond now works for shield and, um, so, okay. So Paul is using some of his, uh, some of the characters he got to play with previously and, uh, and it's drawn by the pencil by Leonard Kirk and it looks amazing. And, uh, and it's inked by Paul Neary, which is a name I don't see too often these days. And I think I last saw him on, uh, the ultimates over Brian Hitch, but the, uh, so again, you know, Robinson bringing guys over with him. So the, the squadron is made up of characters that, uh, that you've seen before, not necessarily the Hyperion from Hickman's Avengers, but say, um, the Dr. Spectrum from Hickman's new Avengers run with that Dr. Fate and Justice League analog team. Oh, cool. So that's there. Um, the Nighthawk, Kyle Richmond from the ultimate, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Max series, Squadron Supreme. Wow, right. So you got the, uh, wow. so, so yeah, the hardcore killer Nighthawk, but dude, the speedster, Vince, guess who? So awesome. The speedster is for Squadron Supreme. Hmm. I, I was just, oh, Your plots, cause they drew it. They drew <laughs> they, the flashback. Yeah, the background. Oh my God. For everybody, it looked just like, it looked like Rags. It looked like, uh, Paul Ryan when yep. he, um, because the, 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 um, the Zarda, Princess Power is, uh, is from the Mark Runwald Squadron Supreme miniseries. Right. The speedster is Joe Fat. No. No. Cause that's a completely different <laughs> story and company and creator. Dude, the speedster the wizard. is fucking blur from DP7. Yes. Get out of no. here. And the flashback is the DP7, that first cover. That, that first cover. When everybody looked at like Holy crap. Dude. Oh, he doesn't look, he doesn't look like the, the, the dude who just came off the basketball court or anything. He's wearing a costume and shit, but it was, oh, I, I, inst- I was like, oh, it's like an issue of the year right here. It was, and, and it's, they do something that kind of, I get why they did it because everybody, they, they all came together. Um, that Nighthawk kind of brought everybody together because, um, they're all here. They're, they're together because of the actions of one individual. And this goes back to Hickman's new Avengers series. And that individual is when that individual is Namer when he was just like, fuck it, then I'll be the bad guy. And he pushes the button and he causes the, 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 the destruction of, of those worlds. So, um, they're like, well, let's kill Hitler. I mean, let's kill Namer. And that's, that's their driving force. And I don't know if we should say if they're successful or not. I'll leave that Do to it. Jason. Do oh, it. definitely. You should. I mean, why not? They, well, because the spoilers, the issue's a couple days old, so, or, or a week or so old, but anyway, they, uh, they, they kill Namor. They, they not only, they not only, they not only decapitate the fucker. Hyperion basically laser beams his, 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 his head off. He, um, he drops Atlantis. Picks Atlantis up Sick, from the fucking ocean 
and and just and drops it. And Neymar goes absolutely ape shit because they're tit for tat. They're like, dude, you destroyed countless people. The least we can do is fuck up your home. And and they do. That's cold. And they and he goes fucking Imperius Rex to like infinity and he he lunges, he fucks people up. He makes a run for Hyperion and Hyperion just fucking uses his heat He's like nah, son. (laughs) He's just like, I think I'm a little quicker than you, bro. And uh and dead. Done. Done. Got got. And I'm like I'm like, wow, so we're we're killing Namor, like and and I don't know. And that's what I'm saying, right? This isn't this this is post Secret Wars. This is post Secret Wars, so it's not even like, oh, okay, well, Secret Wars is just going to reboot everything, and you know, Namor will be back in like you know nine, ten, twelve months whenever this series wraps up. So the the uh, maybe he, he's the Atlantean equivalent of an, a life model clone, <laughs> dude. He they did. definitely make it clear it's, this is our Namor, the one that was involved in blowing yeah. up, destroying planets with the yeah, with the Illuminati and the. And, and, you know, and Namor's still, you know, big, big swing and he's all, I do what I had to do. And, you know, and my, my actions. And it's like, dude, so, so he, uh, and, and it catches up to him. And that's when Jim Hammond's like, Oh, you hurt my friend. And, and so he's, he's calling in, you know, fucking Steve Rogers and his merry men are just showing up everywhere. They are, they are at the last, oh, dude, I was just, I'm glad you brought so many issues lately. I was, I'm glad you brought that up, man. I mean, I'll talk about force feeding us a new team, huh? <laughs> They're in fucking Black Knight. They got their own book. They're showing up here. I'm waiting for uh, the show Miss Marvel. I gotta say, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to cut off your talk about this particular yeah. comic, but, um, I should be loving that team, <laughs> but I ain't loving that team. That's what, okay. And this is something else. I mean, I'll segue into this team because I also, read the uh the second two issues of um of Deadpool, which I'm really enjoying. But I'm I'm a little I'm not it's it's weird for me to see Deadpool is funding the Avengers. And I get it, you know, he's a mercenary, he's got money, I'm sure he's got money and you know it's just it's it's fine. It's another just the way to make sure the Avengers have money, but it just it it seems weird that uh and I have to go back and, and read the the uncanny avengers so that um i'm i'm getting i make sure that i get enough of the backstory but uh yeah that's so enlighten me who are the members of this team and why don't you why aren't you grooving on them uh so you've got uh all right well you've got as david said you've got you've got deadpool uh who's funding it he's the the main progenitor in terms of the the uh Financial backing. You've got Rogue. Um, you've got Cap. Well, Steve Rogers. You've got uh, Human Torch. You've got. And this is the Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, the Stegman drawn book. Oh. You've got uh, who else? Dap. I'm trying to think. Oh, you've got uh, Doctor Voodoo, Brother Voodoo. Nice. You've got Quicksilver, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, who else? I was never a fan of Pietro. <laughs> that air superiority? No, even in the pages of Fantastic Four decades ago, I just, I just didn't like him. Let's see, let's see if, um, uh, yeah, real quick. Slightly for, for, for an issue, but then he drops out. Nice. Well, he's smart. 
Who's the, um, oh, okay, Rogue, Steve Rogers, Dr. Voodoo, Deadpool, Quicksilver, the Human Torch, Synapse. Synapse. That's right, she's the new, right, right, right. In Spider-Man, in the second issue, they have the, uh, the headshot roll call, and, and everybody's in color except, uh, except Spider-Man. This is called the Avengers Unity Squad, by the, like, that's what, that's how they're referred to in the comic. And, um, the, the Uncanny Avengers comic itself, they're fighting this villain called the Shredded Man, which I'm not vibing on too much. Um, but yeah, they, they show up. I mean, they're the main, they're, they're the main folk, they're the focal point of Black Knight issue number two. Yep. They're, as David just said, the focal point of this. They're in Deadpool. So it's, they're, they're pushing this team hard. Really are. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I don't, um, it's like the Island of Misfit Avengers. <laughs> it's, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's like the, the leather jacket era and whatever team had Dr. Druid. It's right. just, it, it's, it, it, and it has absolutely nothing to do with that movie that's coming out soon. No. No. Why? Why would it have well, anything to do with quick, that? Quicksilver won't be in it, but. No. The, uh, so yes, the, go ahead. Did you see the one poster where it's a crotch shot of Deadpool and he's got the, the gun between his yes. legs? And it, <laughs> blatant as it should be. When I, when it's I Deadpool. was leaving the movie theater yesterday, there was, uh, there was a big ass, um, Poster slash stand up display yeah. of uh, Deadpool in uh, in Santa's chair. Oh, I didn't see that. That sounds cool. That fucking trailer's out the ass though. I must have sat through like a dozen trailers, dozen previews. Yeah. For sure. Oh, that would that would have been brief. I swear there was like fifteen when when I went. Oh, and, and the only one that really got my attention. Yes, we make fun of the original, but I will be in the seat for Independence Day too. <laughs> That, oh, me too. I, yeah, no, yeah. I will. It's I don't a sequel. I'll, I didn't realize. That. I thought it, it was gonna be a remake. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's yeah, it's 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 an absolute sequel. And the um, Bill Pullman makes with the speech. Yeah, goosebumps, goosebumps, dude. The uh, <laughs> movie is so ridiculous. No, not really. Yeah, movie is so no, not not really, but, but still. The uh, but I I did not. Thankfully, I did not see a uh, a Star Trek trailer, which Mario had no. me to to avoid. So yeah, I did. Telling me it's uh, no good, huh? I don't know. What? I don't. I'm. I don't. I'm gonna see the movie. I just, I, I think, as far as like spoilers are giving too much away, I think that that's where he's coming from. I may be wrong, oh, okay. but okay. but I know. Well, you that- know what I heard? I'm not saying anything about the movie, uh, the content of the movie. I heard that they're pretending the second one didn't happen. That wouldn't really surprise me because it's not. Um, I know some people were turned off because they they flashed across the screen, you know, Justin Lin, the director of like uh, the Fast and Furious. So I don't know if people are now going to just jump to the conclusion that hey, because they drive fast and are muscle heads, then you know that I guess Star Trek is somehow going to go in that direction. But um, if I don't know what they. The, the, the end of the issue was, you know, the, the end of the second movie, they, they, they finally went on the five year mission. But I mean, they, they can try to not mention Khan. I mean, they can definitely do things. Hell, Creed didn't reference the Rocky five, thank God. So, you know, it, it's not like they, they can continue the story without referencing what happened in the movie prior. Right. right. Um, and without, uh, plopping on it too. They just don't mention right, it. You know, yeah. um, but the, uh, so yes, so Squadron Supreme, definitely read it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, me too. This is a one team. Of my, I, one of the favorite 
of the Marvel issues in the last week or two. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I read a bunch of, of Marvel issues, but this was probably, um, I didn't read any today. I didn't read Amazing Spider-Man yet, but the, um, the, yeah, I would definitely say that this is, this has been a, a favorite of mine. And, um, I, yeah, looking at the list of what I read, I would say as far as Marvel proper and new 616, this was, this was my favorite issue, um, within the past, past couple of weeks. And the, the team is just, yeah, I, the team is great. The, the fight was fantastic. Um, I just, the, the, the only, the only pick is, um, is that, you know, hey, here's the uncanny Avengers. And actually there's a, um, there's a nice page of Lady Thunder you'll probably enjoy, Vince. I bet you I will. Um, and they mentioned Lord Akron. Lord Archon, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so, so you should definitely read this. I'm, um, oh, and, and to even really hammer, hammer that point home, Vince, the second issue has, um, Hyperion holding Namor's head like it's a football and he's running downfield. It's creepy. It really it's is. strange. I mean, how are they going to get away I with know. this? I know. I mean, I'm, the new Marvel U, Marvel now, dude, all new, all different. How do you kill off the first mutant? I was just going to say that. The first mutants. Dude, mutants, you know where they stand. Mutants aren't exactly... Oh, uh, my God. Uh, but I'm glad you're enjoying Deadpool, because I, too, am enjoying Deadpool's reboot. I, I'm I'm really... I do find the... Um, it may run old after a while, but I'm in, I'm enjoying uh, Deadpool's for hire. I think that's funny. That is. I... I um, he had the... Because uh, first he called them Heroes for Hire, and he got the cease and desist, because Luke Cage wasn't feeling it. Uh, wasn't having Mercs it. for money now, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so now it's Mercs for money, and the, uh, the, it's like, and like Jason said a couple weeks ago, it's, it's, you know, it's Madcap, it's Slapstick, and Terror, and, uh, Solo, and Fool Killer, and Stingray. And, and See, you, Stingray. You throw, you throw Fool Killer into something, and I'm gonna have to read it. Dude, that's what I'm saying, Madcap and Stingray? Because I mean, who created Fool Killer? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, now who's right? Duggan's still writing Duggan's this? Duggan's right. It, it is. No, it, yeah, D- yeah. Duggan's writing Deadpool, but then they're having a, um, they're having a Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, uh, miniseries that's coming out. Uh, it's a five issue miniseries and that's being written by our boy Cullen Bunn with Sal- nice. Salva, es- Salva Espin on art. Cullen Bunn won an award. I don't know. Uh, you probably don't read Rue Morgue magazine. It's a British horror magazine, but Cullen Bunn was awarded best writer. Oh, cool. Yeah. He is good. He's really good. Yes, and he does have a. He was does it for have some prepared. horror book? Oh yeah, um, not Harrow County. I believe so. That's because I, I have that on the stack. I'm, that's I'm, one of the things I read. That's awesome. Yeah. Don't talk I'll about that. Let me I'll read it. it. Okay, cool. Um, I'll save it. But Deadpool is is penciled beautifully, penciled by Mike Hawthorne and um, inks by Terry Pallet, who I haven't seen since old Star Trek issues over. Yeah, I'm, I must seven. admit, I'm I'm definitely. I've footnoted that uh, some some of the Hawthorne Jean. I want to get a piece of that with the with all the different C listers dressed up like Deadpool. Oh man, it's and we don't we get maybe because it's not just like a straight up Deadpool book because you get so many pages devoted to these cast of characters. I mean, Solo's mm-hmm. gets talking to his baby mama and and trying to do a booty call at the same time. Um, the uh, there's um. <laughs> Satan's bunghole. She she just shouted that out. There's just the um while while terror is trying to get fixed up, he, he stops by and uh sees uh 
Dr. Morbius, the, um, Stingray is actually, um, playing both sides because he, even though he is one of the, uh, the hires, he, he's also reporting things back to Steve Rogers who, and again, I just, if you're going to have Steve Rogers show up in every single Marvel, he is, he is literally. He's the new Nick Fury, really. Okay. Yeah, he is. He is, but he is, even Nick Fury wasn't in these many books. You're right. And you have, he's, he looks a little old. He's, he's, he's fit and trim, but he's a little old in Deadpool, but yet Acuna draws him looking like, uh, Cable. And, and then you have, um, and, and he's just, Stegman draws him a certain way to just, there's, aside from the costume, the, 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 the super soldier shirt, it's, is, is he just an old dude or is he kind of a, is, is he the, the commander from Avatar? It's just, I just want some consistency. I don't know that reference, but. Well, yeah, you do. The movie Avatar, it, it, but the, but I didn't the, see it. Never saw it. You didn't, no. you didn't see Avatar? Oh, wow. Oh, that's worth it. Go, go watch it. But he's a, he's a famous dude. He's an older guy, but he is, he is very fit and, and he, uh, he actually could probably, I think Life wants him to play cable actually. Uh, okay. But he, um, nice. it's, that'd be great. No, it would. He really, he, he looks the part. Um, but no, but, but I'm you. enjoying the hell out of, uh, out of Deadpool because of the characters that are in it. And now there's, there's this really funky mystery going on. And, uh, and, and I can't, if, if there was anything about the book that I didn't care for, um, I'd probably have to tough it out to see how this mystery gets wrapped up because someone's, someone's doing some killing. And, and they're framing Deadpool for it. And, and not, and it's not that they're framing a Deadpool or which one of his, his hires did it. It's someone is, is framing Wade. And, and now we have to, um, figure out, see who that is. So, but no, I, you know, episode 400, who fucking knew in 2015 I'd be talking about a Deadpool book. Love it. It's true. It's true. My how times have changed. <laughs> how did times change? What did we talk about in episode 200? Oh, oh, you are such a professional. I love it. Well, David, back in February 16th, 2012, Damn. we sat down and realized that even though there were 200 down, there was a lot more to come. Because that week... <laughs> when I got the diabetes from that. That week, we crammed a whole lot into our bicentennial episode, including Criminal, Last of the Innocent, and mm-hmm. Fatal. Wow. Breaker and Phillips. Dennis Hopeless and Kevin Mellon's Love Struck from Image. American Barbarian by Tom Scholey from Ad House. Yay. The Gary Friedrich Marvel Fallout. The wow. Mask from John Arcudi and Doug Monkey from nice. Dark Horse. That was me. John yeah. Severin. Me. Skinner. Every Man is My Enemy from Ginkgo Press. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Did Who was talking about that shit? Critical Hit and Zero Friends. It's me. Jonathan Ross and Tommy Lee Edwards Turf from Image. Smoke I think Signal. That was all of us. What? Yeah. I think we all talked yeah. about that. Smoke Signal number one featuring Ben Mara, Michael DeForge, Bill Griffiths, Harvey Picar, <laughs> Tony Millionaire, Charles Burns, Sam Henderson, and more. <laughs> By me. Sleepers. If I'm gonna go if I'm gonna go through the trouble of typing out all them names I talked no, about. Sleeper. <laughs> Venom, oh, Circle nice. of Four. Peter Panzerfaust from Curtis Weeb and Tyler Jenkins, and a whole mess more. <laughs> right. That was you with the Peter Panzerfaust. Yeah, yeah I was quickly done with that. 
So ice cold. Mercenary dog, mercenary. Man. That is funny. So that was episode 200. 200. Wow. That's funny. Yep. I have some stuff. I know you do. Uh, I have three things. <laughs> Actually, no, but they well, you were gotta pick one of the three things, and then let us, that let us take our turn again. Okay. Well, um, they're all all three were written, drawn, published, bound, and stapled by the world's greatest living cartoonist. Yep, and you you know who that is, right? Like, come on, I've said it many, many, many times. Uh, Josh Bayer. Oh my goodness, wow, he's already, he's yes. moved that, he's now, he's all the way up there now, huh? I told him right to his face, I said, dude, you are the world's greatest. I'm not saying you're the world's greatest artist, I don't want to shit on Gary Panner, but you're the world's greatest living cartoonist. And he's like, dude, no, I'm serious. I, I, I read three, I got a package from Did you from Monica Lewinsky him under the table? Or? That's not even funny. But anyway, um, did you at least like massage I, the mushroom cap a little bit? The the first thing I want to talk about, it's probably so well designed too. Is mushroom the, uh, cap? I bet it is. It's probably flawless. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 first thing I want to talk about, Josh reprinted um his bloggers number one. This is a risograph print of of that great issue. Um, I think he used pink this time around. I don't remember. What, uh, what he did on the first print. But anyway, bloggers is about what? Blogging. What do you think? Yes, it's about blogging. And Spider-Man is taking a bow on the front and he says, enjoy my blogging. And it just goes straight into the, um, comic book universe from there. Uh, it's tongue in cheek. Everybody blogs. To blog is to live. Okay. The thing. Circa 1994 is going to church and, and he's asked by someone, dude, what's with the helmet? You, you can't go into the mass with the helmet on. So he removes the helmet and underneath is not a scarred face by Wolverine. Cause we all know that story, right? We're all reading fantastic four back then when the, when Wolverine scarred the Please thing's face. face. Yes, yeah. But not a scarred Ben Grimm face, but a some kind of mechanical device uh whirring and whizzing underneath the helmet. And it just so happens ace blogger Scoopy McGee is there and he gets the deets and he goes on to pass on the poop on his blog. And it shows him at, at the last panel just typing away because bloggers have purpose. They talk about the important stuff, right? Um, in this issue, you will see Green Arrow, uh, who wants to learn how the disenfranchised live, right? So he gets a job at McDonald's and <laughs> he shows him, he goes, Oh my God, this job friggin' sucks. He's at the fryer, right? And he's crying and he has the Green Lantern or the, the Green Arrow hat on with the, with the feather and everything. And he's got his quiver on his back, but he has an apron on and he's making fries. Just to see how the dis- disenfranchised live. And he does something very, very bad and then he blogs about it. And that's, that's the end of all these strips. Somebody has to either go from where they are to blog or it shows them blogging. It's ridiculous, but it's, it's so much fun. You'll see the disembodied head of Fred Flintstone flies around and kills people. 
with his laser eyes. Um, Rosie the robot turns into a blogging device so little orphan Annie can report on the carnage. Um, the blob is in here, Jason. That's why I wanted to say the blob. Nice. The blob. the blob is in here and the brotherhood of evil mutants, what? right? And the blob's like, they just don't understand us. Homo sapiens, they don't get it. They don't, they do not understand the plight of mutants. So what he does is he takes it upon himself to teach humanity about mutants through blogging. Love it. <laughs> and Magne- Magneto is like, hurry up, blog, blog. And he see the blob at a computer and he's typing shit out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I, lo- I love every page of this thing. Garfield's in here. He bashes John's face in with a brick, uh, dances with Jules Pfeiffer's Nixon, and blogs. Alley-oop quotes Travis Bickle and blogs. Uh, Gargamel, Blackdoor, Ziggy. Fucks him right in the ass. And blogs. <laughs> a Smurf crawls out of somebody's ass. The Frankenstein monster shits. And attacks village bloggers with his giant dick. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is in here, who consoles Garfield. Yeah, he right? does. He does. And then there's blogging. Um, more Fred Flintstone. Uh, Sparkplug the horse. Uh, comic book icon. Sparkplug uh, is horribly slaughtered. Magneto thinks the blogger blob is awesome. Henry vomits. And there's blogging. Um, if, if you re- if you haven't read Josh Bayer's comics, I suggest you do so because they're, they're, they're about as artsy as you can get. Um, yet he's got like, he doesn't make, there's no pretense to these things. Like he loves comics and he knows the history of comics. He knows the, 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 the art and the dates and, and the, the circumstances and, uh, he's a pretty smart dude, a uh, very smart dude. Um, and it's just, I don't think, I'm not being facetious when I say this, I don't think comics can get better than Josh Bayer's stuff. They're, they they are immediate, they're in the moment, he doesn't, um, he, he has progressed to a level where him throwing it down is, in my estimation, better than everybody else. Damn. Uh, um, they're sloppy, they're messy. He doesn't, um, to my eyes, like if, if, if the, the, the color plate doesn't line up and there's this white separation between the black holding line and the color, that was very intentional. Mm -hmm. Like everything is calculated in this book, but he makes it look like it wasn't. That's very difficult to do. you, You know, how do you pull that off? Um, and you could say, yeah, this is just him throwing down. And to a point, that's very true. Mm -hmm. But he he's he's at a level where the, the craft is impeccable. It's it's just um, uh, and I'm looking at the book right now. The pages aren't even stapled straight. Hmm. Like like when they were assembled to be bound, there, there there are some pages that stick out at the top, some at the at the at the opening edge, and that's intentional. Like he just it's not that Josh Bayer doesn't care. That, that, that's an aesthetic. He, he stapled them that way. I, 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 when I, when I was done with this, I, I messaged him and I said, the, the book is ragged. It's like comics are flowing out of you so fast. You can't even be, you can't even take the time to bind it 
Right. And he, he like, like he, he laughed, but that's the aesthetic. This guy is so prolific that the stuff is just like, there's a river of stuff coming out of Josh Bayer. And it's, it's, it's the second color in this thing is pink, orange. Like you guys know about risograph printing, right? Mm-hmm. You've explained it before. Yeah. It's a glorified mimeograph. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 20th century mimeograph, but I mean, the, the technology is so advanced where, you know, you can do multiple colors. And it looks phenomenal. And this thing's only five bucks and it's magazine size. So, uh, later on, I'll talk about another Josh Bayer thing. I'll tell you where you can get them. By far, my favorite cartoonist. Hands friggin' down. There, there's nobody that even comes close. Sorry, everybody else, but that's just how it is. And that's how it's gonna be unless he gets hit by a bus. Hey, you do you. I know. I, his, you, come on. I mean, we, you, you and Eduardo Riso, right? You just see some artwork and it just, it feels like somebody reached into your brain and picked out that ideal you have, that, that, that artistic ideal of what makes good comics. We all have it, right? Mm-hmm. For some people, it's Frank Cho. For some people, it's Bill Sienkiewicz, whatever, or the, that, that, that ilk. This is the way I see comics in my mind, like all comics should look like this. Why don't they? Well, because there's many people making them and it would be really boring if they all looked like this. That's why you, you got to go out there and hunt and seek. You can't just read the same shit every month. Right. You gotta, there, there's a ton of different stuff out there. Am I being pretentious? I don't want to be. I'm being honest. Uh, no, you're, you should. He's not, he's not paying for this. Man. I do. I love the man's artwork to a point where it's not even healthy anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just, I, I love it. He is the, 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 the comic book artist ideal for me. Mm-hmm. There you go. And on the back cover, um, you have Peter Parker. Uh, no, it's Namor. And, uh, he's, how can you, no, it's Peter. How can you tell, how can you not tell if it's Peter Parker or Namor? Well, well, he would see what is another he thing. If you got a head, then it's Peter Parker. No, it's been altered. Another thing, um, Bayer does is he'll rip um, because good artists steal. He'll, he'll rip classic panels. Like there's a, there's a Garfield panel in here that Jim Davis drew, you know? Uh-huh. And it's, it's like, it's, it's statted in and then Bayer takes over. Like Garfield's walking in and he'll say, so I'm on a diet. Big deal. And it's Jim Davis. But the next panel, it's Bayer. Like he has this thing where he, he'll, he'll take a, a beginning and an ending panel from a, a, a a vintage strip and he fills in the blanks in between, you know, and on the back it's Kirby on the front. It's Kirby like, but it's horribly, it's like those. Remember when your dad used to come home from work and he used to have that fold that folded up, uh, Xerox in his back pocket with like some real dirty cartoon on it. You know what I mean? Right. Back in this. Well, yeah. That's the, this thing has been copied and copied and degraded to the point where it's, it's, the lines are all blurred and it's smushed, but it looks perfect. Like that's the aesthetic. That's the play where it lays aesthetic that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, buddy. Yeah, there's there your you dog. Go. It's your spirit guide. He is. Have you heard of a of a of a independent creator named Fran Krause? How do you spell it? Uh, Fran F R A N Krause K K R K R A U S E. No, because I read something by Mr. Krause called What'd you read? Deep Dark Fears. 
It uh, published? is published by Ten Speed Press. Uh, I'm drawing a blank, buddy. I'm about to tell you about it, though. Cool. Uh, he began. Apparently, the dude has a lot of phobias, and so he began drawing out his phobias um, oh, I- as a way of dealing with them. And I guess he was doing this on the web. And so other people started sending him their phobias and he began drawing those as well. So he put Mm. together this book, which is a collection of, uh, 101 fears. Wow. It's a cartoon, a strip of each of each of those brought to life. Um, by his own words, a devilishly, devilishly funny collection of 101 comics that explore our most gruesome, hilarious and bizarre fears and the dangers lurking around every corner. And people have some batshit crazy fears, man. <laughs> clowns. How many clowns uh, t- are in this uh, book? I don't remember there being any clowns, actually. What? Yeah, I don't think so. One you'll make? appreciate, though. Fear number 56. Each one of us has our own individual death god who follows us wherever we go, waiting to kill us at a predetermined moment. When the time comes, we'll finally be able to see them as they take us to the other side. Hmm. And you know what you're going to see? You know, you, like, you know yeah. what? I, yourself. Uh, well, that's not what he's drawing here, but but that's interesting. Uh, yep, guaranteed. Um, but so, give me another one. Uh, sometimes when I'm pooping, I worry that <laughs> at that moment it's a dream, and I'm really pooping my pants somewhere else. <laughs> See, I wasn't going to go there. I was thinking something's coming up from the toilet. But okay, <laughs> I, I, I don't. That. That's just. <laughs> That is weird. I just sold him. It's a great book. You sold a book, dude. Keep going. Keep going. Fear number 91. I worry that my pets are reincarnated relatives, horrified by my private moments. And if they enjoy watching, even worse. See that? Yeah, I don't know about pets, but don't you often think that, like, maybe the people have, that have, uh, preceded you somehow can see you? And like you don't want people seeing like everything you do, right? And you know what I'm saying? Sure. Right? Like that's uncomfortable thinking that. But you don't know. Like if we had that spe- like if you had the equivalent of the they live glasses where you can see like ghosts and shit around mm-hmm. you if such a, such things is it I wonder like if if you know you'd be getting the stink eye from Uncle Fred behind you like right. dude you you pull it too much. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Well, fear number 73, when I was little, my mom told me that if I kept wetting the bed, worms would grow out of my mattress and they'd eat me alive. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, I never was just that Man, mom's fucked up. Mom is fucked yeah. up, right? When I was a kid, I knew where babies came from. They came out of my butt. <laughs> Even though I'm a boy, I always checked my poops to make sure I didn't have any babies. That's crazy. Fear number 37. Wait, tell me. You is there somebody no- digging through his poop? Is there an illustration of the poop with like a fetus in no, it? No, it's a bunch of little babies in the toilet. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I want to. That would be. And you know, some of these are like deep, like like mental. Like fear number twenty six. Sometimes I worry I'm delusional, and my dog is actually a pile of laundry in a psych ward. It's like, all right, dude. Yeah, that's creep. Yeah. Uh, I think about that. Now. Let's see. When I was a kid, a priest told me about Mary, how God thought she was perfect, so he made her pregnant. I didn't want God to make me pregnant, so I tried not to be his type. And it like shows her like all tatted up and like a slayer shirt on. And... That's funny. <laughs> I like that. That is good. Uh, let's see. Uh, What's the art like? It's um, 
it's simplistic, like like um yeah, like Chester not, Brown. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, it's not, uh, it's not crude, but it, it it gets the job done. Yeah. Fear number eighty-eight. When I was nine, my cousin told me that if I slept on my left side, my other organs would crush my heart. I've always slept on my right side ever since. Wow. What's the cover price on this bad boy? Uh, it is fourteen ninety-nine. Yeah, well, right it now like... it's nine dollars and twenty-five cents at Amazon. Yeah, I bought it off wow. Amazon. So. And it sounds like a hardcover when you go. Damn, I'm going. I'm getting this right now. Dude, well, fear number fire. 29, Jesus lives inside you. He lives deep in your heart. And there's a picture of Jesus and the kid wearing his, his, his heart's about to burst. It's not true. <laughs> it's not, not true at fear all. Fear number 24, every time I tell someone I love you, my soul is split in half. I worry that someday I'll have none left. Ooh, that's sad. That is so sad. <laughs> I like this thing. It's great. Dude, oh, talk about a, dude, talk about a creepy one, breakup potential. Fear number 12, when I'm hugging my boyfriend, I feel so crazed with affection, like I need to dig into his body and live inside him. It's not you, it's me. Yeah, right? It is. Yeah. So, all right, while we're on the subject, why don't we just um, make it personal? What What is your deepest fear? Oh, man. Um Wow. You know, I have a recurring dream throughout my whole life that I never actually got a degree. Wow. See, that's... <laughs> Why are you laughing? As if a piece of paper matters. Anybody that talks to you knows your... Well, your no, career. I know, but I'm saying, like, there must be something there if you have a recurring dream about it, though, right? Like, yeah, it's a fear, right? I think it probably speaks more to a fear of, like, you know, are you achieving what you think? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's probably something... Not directly related to the degree, but some kind of in- insecurity. But I know that I have that dream all the time. Hmm. Like at least a few times a year. Hmm. Uh, David? Oh. They won't, they'll stop making Star Trek movies. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. They'll turn Hal Jordan into a evil, evil. Oh yeah, he'll go crazy and kill him. That's been crazy. done. Um, been, been done. Uh, mine is, oh, I'm going to say like complete silence. Really? I, I would, I, if, if I, I don't know if I would rather be deaf or blind, but when things are completely silent, it, that fucks with me. Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. I love the silence. Wow, me too. I like quiet. I don't like complete silence. All right. I have um, a need for the truth. I my, my my least favorite thing, and and the one thing I despise most. You you could slap one of my kids, uh, kick my dog. I would forgive you for that. Long before I forgive you for lying to me, I do not like untruths. I, 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 in fact, in fact, I hate it. I, I do not like being lied to. And and one of my, you know, if you say you know these dreams that you have, blah blah blah, blah I, I have the recurring dream that everyone I come in contact with lies to me, and I hate it. I wake up so pissed off. That does suck. I but don't. You know, we don't yeah, love I don't. You, Bill. 
No, 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 no. I just said the, the one thing I pride myself on. Everything that comes out of my mouth is the truth. It, I, I may look like a um, a cheesehead or you know a, a, a not so smart person sometimes, but I'll tell you, whatever comes out of my mouth is is what I'm thinking. I don't gloss anything over. Right. And I don't like to get that kind of treatment in return. So that's my biggest fear. Like everybody that means to me, means something to me, lies to me. Wow. Don't like it. A more practical fear um, is I have a unending worry that uh, that my kids will grow up and not like each other. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I never even considered that. I don't think you can stop them from liking each other. Or, or vice there versa, may- though. No, there may be periods. I mean, how many times have you seen? I, I see it all the time, like estranged siblings. Even even like as they as they age, they eventually, more often than not, will make an effort to mend that that that, that rebuild that bridge. You know, I see. I I I, I think there's it's encoded in your DNA. See, I, as an only child, I always thought that, but I I know a, a tremendous number of people that have little to no to negative relationships with their siblings. Really? We must be, li- well, we do live in different areas, but I mean, I, I see a lot of people trying to, trying to reconnect with their families. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, it's just a fear. I, I mean, I, I, I think about it all the time. Every time they get in an argument, I'm like, oh, I hope they, I hope they, they love each other when we're older. I wish I had a brother or sister. That would be the greatest. Oh, there's Colin just walked in. Yes, Colin, I'm talking about you. Colin, wait, come here. Yeah. I said that we're talking about our greatest fears, and I said one of my greatest fears is that you and Jackson and Holden won't like each other when you're older. Older? I'm like, what about that? I think that's a good fear. It's not rational, though. Not rational. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good fear. No, I don't think it's likely. So all the arguing you guys do is just not meaningful. It's just just good-natured fun. Good-natured fun? I love it. Dude, do you have a divot somewhere on your body? Because that boy is a chip off the old block. Peace out, buddy. Love you. Deuces. He is so smart. <laughs> Shit. All right, more comics. It's enough, uh, that, I got to get me that book. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Again, it's called Deep Dark Fears by uh, by by Fran Krause. Yeah. Not Krause. No. Nope, not Krause. Oh. Krause. Yeah. Like Peter Krause. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Who wants to go next? Oh, man. What do we have? Um, Can we talk about some Valiant? Did you read any Valiant? I read the last four issues of Evar Time Walker. So yes. Wasn't that great? It was, it was really good. I, it's, like I said, it's, like I said, like like I mentioned on, on the messengers, it's fantastic. It would be very hard for anything to top the first arc with him, with him getting, nearly with him, Getting his brothers together and and facing that big bad, and then to follow it up with with a and it it continues the story. It's not like oh you know if it, it it's still one long story that they're telling, but with between uh, man's art and and just the whole setup and and the interaction with the characters, I thought that was fantastic. And the follow up was it Van Lenthe. It's still funny. It's clever. It's it's amusing. It just to see dinosaurs as Julius Caesar and, and his people, it wasn't, 
it wasn't the follow-up I guess I was expecting. It was still good. It just wasn't as powerful to me. But I, 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 I'm dying to hear your thoughts on it. Well, maybe when you digest all 12 issues, because I think the series is done as of issue 12. It was, it, it had a, it definitely had a sense of closure. Those, those last couple of pages definitely made you feel that that was the case. Yes. Um, it's kind of a bummer then. I mean, not because it's, if that's it, you know, who knows when we're going to get more, but just Ivar's story in those 12 issues is, is kind of a bummer then. Oh, well, let's just wait till we read the last issue. Maybe this, I mean, it is valiant. I thought, so chances. I thought 12 was the last issue. Yes. 12 is the last. Well, I'm, I'm assuming, which is a bad thing to do. Because it says at the end of issue 11, which I'm holding in my... Oh, I read 12. Uh, I thought you read 12. I don't have 12 yet. Oh, for the love of... I'll, I'll, it's okay. All right, it's all right. Okay. Because at the end of 11, it says, the final chapter coming next month. Now, what does it say at the end of 12? Does it say, see you later, folks. Thanks for being around. <laughs> so long. Thanks for all the fish. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Where am I? Let's go to... Um, should be at the end. It should be. Let me check. <laughs> no, it might be at the beginning. You never know with this book. Uh, it is true. <laughs> where are we? No, I just had I, my, my PDFs are all screwy. Um, oh, the end was a Bloodshot Reborn number ten preview. No, the no, yeah, it's it definitely feels like the last issue. The 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 last page, bro. The last page, the last panel. You get the infinity symbol. Nice. So it's fitting, but it the, definitely the, feels like the end. All right. You were talking the difference between this arc and the first arc. For me, um, we got dinosaurs. Yeah. Woohoo. Ankh is fantastic. I love this character. Oh, and she's, she's was, fantastic. Yeah. There was a point in the story when I'm like, no, nah, you didn't just do that. And... She comes back somehow. Well, I'm not going to say, but just read the, read the book. And um, we're thrown into, uh, Jason, this is for you, uh, a multitude of possible oh, yeah. timelines. And there is a double-page spread mm-hmm. drawn by uh, Perry Perez right. where you have Ivar mm-hmm. and Neela in like this protective time bubble. Mm-hmm. And there are – there's an infinite number of possible – timelines that is emanating around this bubble and they're done in in circles so you have a a, a, just picture about half of the page on the right hand side is white space everything else are little circles starting small near the the big the big circle and they get progressively larger as they go out and he illustrated every single circle and every single circle that their timeline it's a separate timeline so he's drawing cowboys in one overweight people in another spaceships in another uh, mad max yeah mer (laughs) the mad max one's great mer people i spent at least a half an hour on on this double page spread just looking through all the possible timelines as they get closer to the big circle yeah, the drawing gets a little gestural and quick. So why? Yeah. So mm-hmm. who cares? But, but as it come, I mean, this is, if you were an OA collector and you loved Valiant, I, I can imagine the bidding on this spread was probably fierce. Cause it, it's, 
it's pretty fantastic, and and it's one of those pieces where you see it, you don't forget it. Who, who's the artist? The, the, Perry Perez. But no, I, I, it's just the twists and the turns and and the uh, and and there's a circular motif to this entire issue, David. Eleven, I'm talking about. Oh yeah. The, every every page. Yeah. Has has well not every page. There's a point where the this the the narrative goes somewhere else, and then the circles are dispensed for the most part are dispensed with. But just I I think eleven visually was pretty much the best issue of the run. Really? Yeah. See, there's yeah. a lot of because I mean, yeah, I did say visually. In terms of the story too, I mean, the we get the payoff, the gun that went off in issue. You know, the first arc, whatever issue that was, like, why is evil, uh, Neela have the, the helmet? Like, what, what the hell is the deal with the helmet? And why, <laughs> why, why does she need it? Why is she pissed? And who were, what's the deal with the Prometheans? And where's all this going? And the payoff for that thread, anyway, is in issue 11. And she's got a smoking hot ass. But anyway, um, I just, it, and something happens in this issue that has been building for the ten issues before it, and it finally culminates. And I thought that was great, even though it wasn't her Evar; it was Anne Evar. So it makes her kind of slutty, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. A little bit, but that's okay. She's smart and slutty. She could do whatever she wants. She's independent. Um, no, I I adore this book. I, the, I think there's a lot of radars that this didn't. Um, cause a blip and that's really sad it is it is it absolutely is the complexity of the thing boggles my mind Mm -hmm. that you know you get a job writing a book and you you, you're fleshing it out and what kind of a mind can flesh out not only this this story to begin with but to have things uh i mean conceivably yeah it, it is conceivable that someone can do this because it does exist but i'm just saying it it must be a a a monumental task to to graph out a story this complex and it, and it, everything is accounted for it works on a lot of levels and there there are threads that intertwine and go back like i'm sure when this comes out in the in the hardcover you know they're going to do it they're going to take all 12 issues and 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 bundle them together when we read this thing we're just going to be like fred what the hell are you what kind of vitamins are you on because this is just like this is uber uh-huh. uber strength it really is this is, I think, Evar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw, draw that line in the sand that I'm so fond of doing. Evar Timewalker is as good as anything the original Valiant published. Whoa. Yep. David. Um. And and you know what? And let's be honest. Pre Unity, that's the best stuff, right? Yes. Post Unity, that's not a big stretch to say that no, Evar Timewalker no. is better. Than, I was, you know? I mean, I, well, definitely it's better than anything that a Acclaim line did. But no, when yes, Post Unity, absolutely, and and yeah, I I did, I was fond of Solar Man of the Atom, and me too. Um, that was probably yeah, you know, because I wasn't I wasn't in on Magnus from the ground floor. I'm not as big a fan of Rye as you are. Um, Turok, come on. With that chromium cover, bullshit. The, uh, oh, the such a hate dude. Him. They they claimed it was going to be a chromium cover. It was a three by five on a cardstock cover. Exo zero. 
was a foot. No, it, it, no, that's not a chromium cover. If you have to tape a chromium <laughs> card to the cover, that's <laughs> not a chromium cover. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll co-sign that, dude. Yeah, you nice. are, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. I, I also got caught up on Imperium. I didn't. Okay. So go ahead well, and talk about it. No, no. I won't say anything. No, I, I won't say anything except that Harada is an incredibly complex character. No doubt. He's a dick too, but you know. he, he is a dick. I well, don't want, I don't want to, he's like, I can forgive Tony Stark for a lot of the things he does, mainly because I think at, at his core, at Tony Stark genuinely cares about the progression of humanity. Like he doesn't want to see us fail. He, the, he does have a soft spot for, for people other than himself right. in certain, in certain instances. Harada wants to change things, but he'll kill to do it. He, 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 in one issue of Imperium, he explodes a guy's head. Just wipes this person off, off the planet just because, um, he had something that, um, Harada and his group wanted. And he was like, if I give this, the, the person who had the thing, the, the brain, he said, if I give this to you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in real trouble. And that's when Harada steps in and just explodes the guy's head. And he's just like, Adversity, I, I have no time for adversity. Mm-hmm. Like, not that it was a, a human being that was at the other end of that adversity, and it wasn't really adversity. It was like, I give this to you, I'm gonna get my ass in a sling. Mm-hmm. It, the guy, the guy was, was experiencing like grief and, and regret and, and, and just the truth that he was, his, he's gonna get in trouble for giving you this. But Harada didn't want to hear it. He just, you're dead. Everything you were is now gone because I didn't like what you were saying. But he does have this, he's guided by the need to make the planet and humanity better. Like, that's not a hero. It's also, I don't know if I'd go as far as to call him a villain either. I mean, yeah, he does kill, but some of our favorite heroes have killed as well, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe not as wantonly as Harada, but they have killed. Oh, I so, see the circles. I see the art now. Isn't that gorgeous? It's amazing. Wow. Talk about yeah. the, jeez, talk about effort. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and the supporting cast in Imperium is amazing. I love Grave Dog and, uh, Mech Major, who would prefer to be called Sunlight on Snow, but Harada ain't having it only because that's what Mech Major wants. Like he doesn't want to be known as, as a militant robot. He, he has a, he's got compassion and Harada's like, nah, I don't think so. Um, and, uh, the Vine agent, what's his name? Uh, uh, Lord Vine 99. Like, he is just a savage killing machine who wants only to be reunited with the Vine. Like, that's his thing. Get me back to the, 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 the Unimind and I'll be cool. But in the meantime, I'm just gonna rip apart anything that comes in, into my path. Like, they're not nice people. Harada's people are not nice. Mm-hmm. But yet, they're, they're fighting to instill Yes, you could. Yeah, positive change. It's it's a it, it's a mind-boggling book. Like you shouldn't, the, they you should root for these characters' deaths on every single page, and yet you don't. 
That's a good writer, and it's Joshua uh, Dysart writes it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a phenomenal book, and that one, this one is one that was late to click with me. I let a couple like I wasn't feeling uh, Imperium in the, at the start. Maybe it was the Braithwaite artwork. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but now it's just like it's a, just another one of those valiant books that I just can't wait to read. Awesome. Yeah. Now, you guys read the one about the fat girl. Fake. Yes, one about the fat girl. No, Jason. Oh yes, I did. You, you did it on purpose, but no, I didn't get it yet. But I will read it. I like Faith. There's honesty. There's you want truth and honesty. That's the character to go to. Why? Because she's fat. No, she's she's not. Have you not read any no. of Harbinger? Well, she's she's honest oh, to I a fault. I guess I have read Harbinger. Oh, I don't yeah, remember she, yet. Okay. And and I mean, she just stick with me. I don't know. That's sad. It is. It's quality. I just, I just can't. I can't get into it like you guys can. It's my company. It is. Publisher of the year, right there. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I know. Shocker. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be you so guys, shocked. You guys talk about something because I gotta find my pen. My pen. I dropped it. I, dropped it and I don't know where it is. Go. Uh, Jason, did you read Hook Number Two? No, not yet. <gasps> okay then. I didn't read any image this week. Oh, okay. Uh, did you read either annual from uh, the Star Wars line? Uh, good question. Hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, those. I mean, they were both pretty. Do they cool. tie into what's been going on? Or are they? No, they. Um, well, the Vader one somewhat because. Triple Zero and NBD are in the story, but That's the cool. Vader the Vader one is beautiful because it's um, penciled by uh, Linil Yu, mm-hmm. and uh, he basically is visiting a uh, a planet that is affiliated with the Empire um, and is kind of uh, uh, slacking, so he has to go and. Uh, Make his presence known and felt. Uh, and it's, it was a nice change from what's been going on with, from the, the non-stop of the Darth Vader book and now, you know, with Vader down. It, this was a little bit of a breather. Um, cause it, it's not, it's still Darth Vader, but he's not in that mindset that we've had for the past 14 issues. And the mm-hmm. Star Wars one, uh, basically you pretty much see Leia, because um, she has somebody who influ- She has a spy. There's a uh, there's an alliance spy in the emperor and in the empire, and they uh, so she's kind of um, she's M to his 007, and mm-hmm. they uh, that was that was another one where you know you don't see any of the original cast but it's still uh it's still very much a star wars story um but it it, again just something that wasn't so tied into uh what's been going on so that was uh that's pretty cool too i caught up on captain america red number two and three um which is weird because they weren't all done by daniel acuna um he had some Mike Choi art 
thrown in there. And it's only been three issues, so I'm not sure what uh yeah. what happened with that. And uh I read Weird World number one. What'd you think of that? I I liked it. Hmm. But it's it, it's definitely a continuation. Yeah. It's another thing much like the Uncanny Avengers that I mean Marvel's pushing Weird World like in a lot of places. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, because you have That's... yeah, because it's got its own book. It's Black Knight and uh I love the wizard. I thought the wizard was hysterical. In Weird World? Yeah. 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 That that creature that pulls Yeah. Um, that... I thought he was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, for the minute. And then uh no, I, so it, but it's, it's, like I said, it's, it, it, it looks amazing. Continuing the story, it's, it's another, uh, we're being introduced to another, the person who's basically going to be our eyes on Weird World and, which is fine. You know, this way we get, we can all experience it together for the first time, but it's, it's definitely weird, but I, uh, uh, hey, no, it is. It is. It's 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 a weird it's name, world, man. man. It's right there. They're not lying. So, right, right, um, yeah. I, I uh, th- that one I'm probably sticking with for now for the art. Okay. I must wow. say that uh, the um, the second issue of the um, Inhumans book uh, was good. It was actually much better than the first issue. Oh, first good. Issue. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I like thought the dialogue was snappy. I thought the setup was cool. Um, I, I'm, 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 I was impressed with Crystal and what they're doing with her as a character. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked it. I, I like the setup, uh, the cliffhanger at the end. I, I'd say, I'd, seeing as how I'd like to rip on Charles Soul at every turn, I gotta give him his props. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I like cool. Did you find your pen, Vince? I did find. Well, no, I didn't find the pen. I had to go get another pen. Sorry, Jeebus. I know Jeebus is right. Can I continue? You absolutely may. All right, another one from Josh Bayer. This is a this is a mini comic. Again, Resograph print. Uh, It's called Transformer Two. Death Trip, and it's D E T H. Death Trip. You know who the star of this book is? Who is? Well, one of one of the stars, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone wants to write comics as good as Stan Lee, and and he's incredibly frustrated because he just can't seem to do it. His big old thick meaty fingers plunk away at the the keyboard, and he he can't he he hates all his stuff, and he just he gets very frustrated, beats the shit out of his computer, and. Uh, his his butler escorts him to bed and while he's sleeping a homunculus grows out of his chest and it's another Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> this is this is homunculus Stallone. That's and, right. and that's little, it is silly and, and and little Stallone teaches um his host Sly how how to how to write good comics. He leads him down the road and and nestled inside of this it's a story within a story because um, the homunculus and Sylvester Stallone, they try to do a dap and uh, Sly's hand gets all busted up and broken and bleeding and he faints. And, and while he ha- while he f- after he faints, 
he has the dreams of man, the dreams of a cartoonist. And while he's sleeping, he imagines uh, the story he's going to write. And it's called Death Trip. And it's the Human Torch goes camping. And, it, and it's not – when I say Human Torch, you immediately think Johnny Storm. So you get a mental image of what the Human Torch looks like. Bayer's Human Torch does not look like our Human Torch. His – Torch looks like Fat Albert's buddy Dum Dum. He, he has he, he has this he's, and he's carrying gasoline. He 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 he, he makes a, a fire and he's roasting hot dogs on a stick. And while he's doing that, Spider Man sneaks up on him and shits on his hot dogs. <laughs> and he's like, I just did that to get your attention. <laughs> And that's that's this, and then they eventually fight. Blah blah blah. And Sylvester wakes up, and he's like, "I knew it. I I I I made comics the way Stan would make them." And, and hilarity ensues, and it's just ridiculous. But again, in in that inimitable Bayer style, it's a mess. But a more beautiful mess, I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, comics are the enemy. That's that's one of Bayer's uh, credos. You know what that means? What's that mean? Uh, boring by the numbers. Uh, comics are everything he seeks to avoid, and you can tell by his uh, his output. There's nothing humdrum or or run of the mill about Bayer's books. And again, this one is just uh, hastily stapled together, encased in a cover that doesn't quite fit. It, he's just got so much, um, and this is a print run of 50, of which my copy is number 12. Uh, he's just got so much creativity just oozing out of every damn orifice that he just can't take the time to staple the pages together correctly. That's my man. That's your dog. That's my dog. Daph, did you read Hellcat number one? No, I just got it, but no, I didn't. Not yet. Uh, it's definitely not a comic meant for us. Oh. What? Oh, it's an all ages thing? No, it's just, it's a teenage young girl thing. It's like a young adult girl thing. Oh. That's like that maximum ride thing. That's a young <laughs> adult thing, isn't it? I have no idea. The James Patterson I book, yeah. Yeah, James Patterson. Dude's making bank though. Well, I mean, it's, it's very it. evocative of the romance comic that, that, that Patsy Walker originally came from, you know? Oh. Um, it's written by Kate Leff, who's also doing the Squirrel Girl book, if I'm not mistaken. Right? I think so. Yeah. And it, is it called Patsy Walker colon Hellcat? No, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Right, a.k.a. Hellcat. Oh. She's an investigator for Jennifer Walters, and she meets this inhuman named Telekinian, who she thwarts, but he's actually like this super cool... Super hip gay dude that she ends up becoming friends with, and then they become roomies and besties. And uh, then she meets this giant burly hipster dude that she's got a crush on. And she works retail, and she wears hipster t-shirts. And uh, it, I mean, it reads like a or like an Archie book, really. I mean, um, wait, and again, said- like, like I don't want to say it's bad. Like I just read it and thought, okay, this is clearly meant to. This probably is going to be some group of people's favorite comic, and it's not me, but I love that it exists because if that gets more people into the Marvel universe, then cool. You um, you said she's 
currently writing what else? I, is she not the one? Oh, is, is Noel Stevenson the one that writes, um, Squirrel Girl? Is that what I, 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 I that think, was, yeah, cause okay. there's, um, she's got, uh, Womanthology on her credits, Lock and Key, Guide to the Known Keys, uh, she's written some Fraggle Rock, Edward Scissorhands, Bravest Warriors, some Adventure Time. Yeah, I know she's done most of her work on the Adventure Time Bravest Warriors stuff, so, okay. But, uh, and then the artist who's, it's cool, like, it's a good story, Brittany Williams, um, a young black woman who I know that, uh, our boy Sanford Green just put up on Facebook, said he ran into her at a, at a store in South Carolina and, uh, and found out that, like, in the, as they're talking that she's doing this book, so, um, I love that there's a young 20-something black woman doing a comic for Marvel, but again, the style's fine, but it's not, like, it's, it's, it's a very simple version of what you might find in Archie. Yeah, very the, cutesy, uh, very cartoony. Trina um, Robbins kind of reminds you of Angel Love. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. So not my I speed, rem- not my speed at all. But 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 again, not 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 saying it's a bad comic. I'm just saying no. it's not my thing. I, right. I will I won't be continuing to read it. But but and right. I dig Patsy. That's why I gave it a try. I, not just because of what we saw in Jessica Jones, but she's an Avenger and an OG Avenger. And um, but uh, yeah, you know. But again, I, I think this book will appeal to a a group of readers that probably don't have many other comics like this on the stand. So that's good. It's the polar opposite of the, of your, uh, Frank Cru- uh, Krauss book. Where you were all stoked and yeah. Oh yeah. Listen, I, I have, yeah. I have no desire to check this out. Well, no, but that's not, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing. Yeah, right. It no, it doesn't appeal. Yeah. I mean, if, um, I can, yeah, no, it, it, it definitely has an audience. So it's, it's, I'm glad it, it's out there. Um, Ryan North was the writer on, Squirrel Girl. That's right. Okay, yeah. Noel Stevenson's written some Thor, uh, Sleepy Hollow, Runaways, Adventure Time also. But she has, she's, Noel Stevenson's a cartoonist, so. But I don't see anything for Squirrel Girl. Did you guys read uh, the first issue of Venom Space Night? Especially you, Vince, fan of Rom. Oh. It just came out today. No. No, it came out last, uh, last week or the week before. Yeah. Um, did issue two come out today? Cause I saw a Venom Space Night on the, on the stand today. I don't know. Like maybe where two the new came out. I don't know. Oh. How was it? Um, I, I saw who the artist was, so then I put it towards the, um, <laughs> it, not, not the back of the pile, but I didn't, it, it wasn't a, a, a must read now. It, it's Ariel Olivetti. Cool. Olivetti. Who was fine on the Prometheus fire and Stone book, but he was good on yes, that. So I, I don't want rockets that uh, look like a grizzly bear. I I thought the, I thought he looked okay in this issue. Good. Um, it you know Vince, it was okay. It it, it really is. It's it's really ridiculous to call it Venom Space Night, though. Right. I mean, it just has nothing to do with with. With Rom or, or the, you know, just there's nothing. It's it's not remotely tied into it in any way, shape, or form. You know, this new thing with IDW and Rom, it raises a bunch of questions. Like, so are the dire wraiths now removed, extricated from the the Marvel universe? Are we never going to see dire wraiths in the Marvel continuity again? I don't know. It's it's it's. And how frequently it, do we see the dire wraiths? Less often than we should. Well, okay. But but still, you know, we dire wraiths should be up there with the brood. As like, you know, the go-to villains. Dire rates are awesome. Mm-hmm. 
they the dire wraiths could have been at the at the heart of uh secret invasion instead of stupid scrolls. Right. It would have been cool. But anyway. Now I loved Guardians of Infinity number one. Loved it. I I I dug it too. I um I was really a fan of the second story, but I dug the setup of the first. I appreciated it. How is the thing portrayed? Well, in, in the backup story, he is, um, portrayed as Rocky Grimm. Oh, Be- nice. Well, sort, no, 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 he, he's, he's not, I'm sorry, it's, he, he's definitely, um, they harken back to his, his thing days, the, the, the John Byrne written Ron Wilson drawn book because they, uh, the planet they're on that they're trying to get off of that they crashed on, um, finally or got the transmissions from when he was the global champion. So they just want him to wrestle all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cute. And, and Jason Latour seriously tapped into his, uh, inner Ric Flair when, when he wrote this story, but it was, um, and beautifully penciled by, uh, Jim Chung, but it was, it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. You get, you get Jason Latour written, Jimmy Chung drawn guardians, which hello. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) and before that you get to set up for the main story, which is awesome. It's the guardians, the current guardians teaming up with the fucking original guardians of the galaxy, which is sick. And, all of them? Uh, most of them. Okay. Um, and then you were introduced to another era of the Guardians that we've yet, that we've never seen before. Which is great. And who's writing this? The main story, Millennium Part One, written by Dan Abnett. Of course. Ooh, nicely nice. penciled by Carlo Barbieri and, Indeed. uh, inked by Walden Wong. And to be the man, like I said, written by Jason Latour, penciled by Jim Chung, inks by John Dell. Um, no, it, it, it's, and what's weird, within the span of 24 hours, we, we watched Star Wars A New Hope, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then the next morning, or a few hours later, I went and saw The Force Awakens, but seeing, watching Guardians again so recently, they, uh, this definitely feels well. Like it's written by Dan Abnett. How can it not? It it definitely feels like a Guardians book. And it's I wasn't sure what the title of the book meant, but you you definitely get it as now you know. Yeah, when when you read you that first know, story, now you know. And it's uh, although it's does it have anything to do with the Gauntlet? No, 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 no. But they're the Guardians of Infinity because it's just. So many, it, it's Guardians ad infinitum. You got Guardians, oh. uh, the current Guardians, you got Guardians 3000, you got Guardians, Guardians from way, way, way back when. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, there's some time travel involved. Um, but as far as the current Guardians, it's just Drax, Groot, and Rocket. That's okay. Um, yeah, so, and, and but see what's, what's neat about the uh, the guardians our cosmic heroes is that Aubrey Drax written by Bun and and Punk and Drax will go on his way 
somewhere else. Rocket will give him a ship, and it's like, here, you know, go forth, young man. And then so Drax is going to do his thing. Venom's got his own book. Um, you got Guardians of the Galaxy where the team is together. You got this Guardians of Infinity where it's just a few of them. So these guys can split up and do their own thing at at, at different times, whereas the 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 Uncanny Avengers always seem to be together. And I'm not sure why everybody has to be everywhere, but there's, there are a lot. There's just, I don't even want to say there seems to be, there are a lot of books right now, uh, from Marvel with a lot of the same characters. Now I, I, I'm reading them and I'm digging them. I just, so I'm not really running out of things to read. Uh, I'm just worried that we'll just get overexposed. Uh, Deb, you mentioned Captain America, uh, Sam Wilson, but have you not read the fourth issue? The one that came out today? No, not yet. Paul Renaud is on the art, so again, no. Uh, seems like we were two and done with. Uh, Barely two and done, but yeah, right. okay. But as you guys know, there's a uh, there's literally no bigger mark in the world for the Serpent Society than me, and we get all the Serpent Society issue number four. I mean, talk about. I mean. Nick Spencer has been very hit and miss with me, but he's, uh, he's keeping me intrigued with this book because he's clearly channeling the Mark Grunwald era. You got Cap Wolf, you got the Serpent Society, you got Diamondback. I mean, it's literally like we've gone back to the, to the Grunwald era. Love it. You have, you have the Serpent Society kicking off Sam Wilson's new book, and then you have Zodiac kicking off Spider-Man's new book. Love it. I read Radioactive Spider Gwen number three, and that reintroduce introduces in this world anyway a, a character that we saw for a hot minute um, during an origin story during Spider Gwen's sto- origin story where she was taking on the lizard. Um, Harry Osborn shows up, and he. Um, he's a lot bigger than we're used to seeing because when Peter died and he feels responsible because he could have prevented Peter's death, um, he, after the funeral, he went away and he went and joined the army. The army taught him how to fight and, and how to handle himself. Um, and, you get he, he he shows up at a cabin where um I liked half of the third issue because I like the half that took place on Earth sixty five. And what's weird is that depending on how it's written or, or, or the the lettering they're gonna use, when they do Earth sixty five it kinda looks like Earth GS. So that's how I'm gonna remember that it's Earth sixty five, that, that mm-hmm. that's when Stacy's Earth. But um, she's actually spending some of the issue on the 616 mm-hmm. where she's talking to Spider-Woman or she's talking to Jessica and, uh, it's, um, I'm not sure how I'm feeling pregnant Spider-Woman. I'm not, I'm, I'm not up to date on the Spider-Woman book, so I'm not sure I'm sure it's a, a, an interesting story and a neat take, but um, 
she's Gwen's trying to like just talk to her and and the damn bridge is right next to them and why they're talking there I, I don't know but so that's on the back of their minds but while while Gwen is like just trying to have a heart to heart with with Jess she's too busy trying to call up places that are going to deliver biscuits and butter packets to uh to a rooftop because baby got to eat and and while that's going on Gwen's friends are going up to a cabin back on her earth and mm-hmm. uh, so Gwen finally shows up at the cabin and Harry's there but Harry's only there so he can talk to Gwen because he's leaving in the morning and she's trying to figure out, well, why do you, why do you got to leave? You know, you just got here and, and, you know, we can hang, we can talk about things. And he's like, no, no, I, I have shit to do. Um, I'm the only one who can bring Peter's killer to justice. Uh, I'm going to go after spider woman and he, Glides away, and it's just gotta have an Osborn, gotta have a Green Goblin somewhere in in the Spider Verse. So that should be that, that. That was a neat neat twist on it. But it was um, seeing this version of Harry after reading Slot's current Harry Osborn is is kind of refreshing. I, I, I'm interested to see where Latour takes this and how he, he kind of flips things with this long standing rivalry. Hmm. It does sound cool. It is. And, and it's still, it, it, it looks, it, it's Robbie's art is still pretty solid on it. So yeah. I'm happy with it. Nice. Respect. All right. One last thing yeah. before we uh, talk about that other thing that we was going to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, last one. This is called The Greater Good. Um, Bayer did not do this alone. He had a partner in crime, and it's Pat Alicio, who did the amazing Bowman series. Um, Astronaut David Bowman, Ring a Bell. And it does. 2001. Okay. It's, yeah, so it's, it's the uh, what happens to astronaut David Bowman after he catches up with the monolith from uh, Arthur C. Clarke slash Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. But anyway, this is called The Greater Good. And uh, I won't go long on this because the premise is really simple. It's an angry Steve Ditko. Go figure. Recounting his meeting with Stan Lee in the 1990s over a certain book called Ravage 2099. (laughs) (laughs) This is Steve through Caution to the Wind and uh, met with Stan, and Bayer's depiction of Stan is a riot. He is a monstrosity. He has bat wings. He has many, many teats onto which the Marvel employees suckle. He's got scales on his legs, and uh, there's an appearance in here by a hulking Mickey Mouse. It's the whole Disney-Marvel conglomerate that is now produced this this beast and he's got tattoos on him that say illuminati freemason david ike was right 
the eye in the pyramid like this he's a walking conspiracy theory and uh spider-man's on a chain like a, a savage animal steve gerber and jack kirby appear towards the end again it's it's as much about comics as it is comics itself so um check out bayer's stuff you will not be disappointed and you know who else you could check out don't say it all at once our damn sponsor hell yeah Dis- discount comic book service dcbservice.com because you can get and this is the last time your pretty little ears will hear the specials um dark and bloody number one from vertigo for 99 cent 75 percent off mirror uh number one from image comics dollar 49 and dark horse i am a hero omnibus zombies love them uh 9.99 in your travels before your asses are spoiled i suggest if you haven't already get yourself to a theater to see star wars the force awakens cuz we all did at different times during the interim and i think we're pretty much unanimous on this right i think so we'll we'll find out in a few minutes okay um don't listen to the Star Wars part, which will follow if you haven't seen it. But please, everyone, we love you so much. Go and have a great holiday. Eat, drink, be merry, open presents, love your loved ones, uh, be excellent to each other. And then when you're done with that, come back here next week because we will be waiting for you as usual. David just can't have it any other way. So... Say good night. We're not gonna, wait, Jason, I don't have travel. You don't get to do our inner travels? I thought we were all doing the same in your travel. No, we're dancing. No, we're just gonna talk about the movie. Oh. Come on, Well then. Proceed. Damn. My, in your travels is Star Wars for me. Jesus. Boom. Okay. Alright. And the way to find it in. So, in your (laughs) travels, um, this is, uh, it's cold. Right? I'm sorry, my bad. Um, this is a little book. Written by um, Ollie Masters, who wrote uh, The Kitchen from Vertigo. Uh, this is um, published by uh, Boom. Boom. Pencils by, uh, I'm sorry, art by Tyler Jenkins. This is called Snowblind, Forrester miniseries. And it's... Um, I didn't know. It, it's just one of those things where I figured, fuck it, let me check this out because the previews looked interesting enough. Uh, Teddy Ruffins is a, uh, only son to Billy and Jen. Teddy's kind of a, eh, maybe a little bit of a social misfit. Doesn't really fit in. Uh, but he breaks into libraries. So he can read and, and check books out. Um, so he keeps to himself, stays out of trouble except for the whole breaking in, but of all the things to break into. So the cops pick him up, bring him home. Uh, he is not like his dad in, in any way, shape or form. They live in Alaska. They moved to Alaska from Louisiana when Teddy was a baby. So he knows very little about life before Alaska. Every year, 
dad throws a cookout. Um, pretty much on one of the coldest days of the year. And he, um, it's his, his, his idea of a joke, but, um, dad gets a little drunk, passes out in order to fit in Teddy and, uh, and some of the guys from, from school put lipstick on dad, make him up a little bit, take some pictures, put it on Facebook and, that kind of spirals into those whole uh BuzzFeed and, and other outlets, Huffington Post, though they 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 take the picture and they, you know, make up silly articles like, you know, kids who uh ten drunk dads who love the parties a little too much and um more of a mockery type thing. But dad's a little bit pissed, not so much that he was made fun of. Which is why Teddy's not sure why, why, why dad is, is reacting this way. It was a joke. Ha ha. You know, nobody knows this. It's all good. It'll blow over. No big deal. But dad's really, really buttered over this big time. Um, so a couple days go by. Someone shows up at the house. Teddy comes home from school and, uh, he's not sure what the hell's going on with this conversation. So. He leaves the room, but is kind of hanging back and overhears the phrase witness protection. And now someone shows up at Teddy's house and the dog barks and, and, and keeps the guy away before anything can happen. But Teddy's not sure what the hell's going on. Dad drives to a cabin. Teddy follows him. And, uh, looks like witness protection isn't the only thing that Teddy wasn't aware of uh, that, that, uh, that was part of his life because he, he finds these old photos in the cabin and, uh, there were some other lies that he's been fed for a lot of years. So he, uh, he's not sure what the hell is really going on. So the whole, the whole idea about what, what happened before Alaska kind of has me intrigued with this and, and to see how Teddy, um, and his family yeah, I'm dying to find out what the hell dad did and, and just, uh, how everybody kind of figures all this out. But the art is, is pretty funky. I'm not too familiar with, uh, with Jenkins, but I like the, um, it, it, it feels like a boom book. It, it reminds me of other things that, uh, that boom was published, but it's, it's watercolory as far as the coloring goes, but the, uh, the lines are, are sharp. It's, it's a clean, ish book it's uh but it's the story the, the whole idea of it is uh pretty interesting to me so i'm looking forward to see where it's going so in your travels snow blind number one nice uh in your travels <clears throat> excuse me uh check out another original graphic novel this time by our friends at vertigo uh 22.99 cover price and this is the prequel to a book that we praised uh, a few years back. Uh, and this is Get Hero. Ah. Uh, written by Mr. Anthony Bourdain. Um, we basically... Um, basically, in the original book, which was... We, we found out that, you know, it basically we're introduced to this character who... 
runs a small little sushi joint, and he clearly has a past. And when people start to fuck with him, uh, we see what a badass he is. And uh, it was a it was a crazy a crazy story that that was one part food porn and five parts action adventure. Um, so this takes us back to the days in Japan when he was a young member of the Yakuza and his brother and he were the lieutenants to his dad and his early training of being a sushi chef. And, um, I would have loved this book if it was drawn by the same crew that drew the first book. Um, unfortunately it's not, it's drawn by, uh, Ali Garza this time. Um, and Garza does an okay job. Um, I mean, he doesn't, this isn't straight out of 1994 image, but there are times when I think he loses some of the magic of the book by being a little too on the nose in terms of his like perfect 10 bodies and like realistic looks, you know, like this would lend itself more to someone like a, a Tony Moore or something, I think. Um, but but it, but again, he doesn't do a bad job. Just I don't think the art is quite as strong as the first uh, OGN. But but the story's cool. It's rocking, and uh, and and Hero's a very interesting character. And again, we get a look at how he came to be, and uh, and how he ends up in, in running the joint in the U.S. So um, yeah, so you know, if you loved the first one, then this is definitely an apt uh, an apt follow up to that. So it's uh, it's Get Hero Blood and Blood and Sushi uh, by Vertigo. Nice. There cool. it is. And Vince, uh, you, you had us do the In Your Travels before we talked about episode 300. Oh, what was that? Back in January 23rd of 2014, episode 300 was actually the 11 O'Closkers. Ah, good. Wow. The listeners had spoken. It's the 11 O'Closkers of 2013. <laughs> Speaking of the 11 O'Closkers. You can go vote, and we have a much easier URL for you now. It's tinyurl.com backslash 11oclosskers, 11-O-C-L-O-S-C-A-R-S, tinyurl.com. I got a feeling we're going to get inundated this year. I sure as hell hope so. I hope so. That'd be nice. We had a lot last year, but with this... This, uh, did, did, did we though? Did we have a lot last year, Vince? We didn't do a, we didn't do a listenership last year. Yeah. Well, then it was the year before that. <laughs> we had a lot. Good save. Good save. Shut up. I never got around to doing it last year. That's so critical. <sighs> you guys be like, yeah. We're here for you, dude. We're just, we're trying to make sure, you know, you walk on the path of right. Come on, dog. Yeah. All right. Well. If uh, you enjoyed this, please do, do yourself a favor and come back next week because you will hear more of the same. This is what we do every week in and week out. Um, we love you so much. Go have a great holiday, like I said before. Hope you get everything you want from Santa. Be excellent to each other and your loved ones and all that stuff, and then come back. Yes. Because David loves you, and this is the part where he does so well. Say good night, David. Good night. David. Again, if you haven't seen Star Wars, this is the part where you stop listening. Yes. Right. Don't listen. Don't don't do it.
All right, boom. You have no All right. Yourself. There you go. Now, you, you really, as as Chris Hardwick says, that's it. All, all gloves are yes. off now. Oh. Don't all talk at once. Phenomenal. I thought it was phenomenal. It was. It was better, it was better than I hoped it was. I, right? I, I loved every minute. I could not stop smiling from start to finish there. The only time I didn't smile was probably when a tear or two came out. But. Oh man, it was so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I am entirely, completely smitten with Ray. Well, Ray is phenomenal. You're supposed to be. She is, there's something so attractive about her. I mean, she's beautiful, but it's more than that. Um, I think she's captivating. I really do. So I thought it was really well cast. Uh, I, of all the people that they cast in the new roles, um, you know, the one I think that, uh, that was cast by like an actor that we already, knew pretty well, you know, was Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. I mean, I'd seen Oscar in a lot of stuff before that. Um, and I loved him in this. I thought he was phenomenal. Um, I like, I just, I thought he was such an engaging, positive, uplifting dude. Like, you know, like, and that was one of the things I liked about this one. Like, like it was a can do attitude throughout the whole movie. Like they were like, our we're going to get this done. Loved it. Loved it, but I mean, Poe is a badass. So, um, Poe is a badass. Yeah. Wh- what did you guys think of uh, of Boyega? I I liked Finn a lot. Um, probably one of my favorite scenes was the thumbs up scene. I thought that was just I I loved BB-8 because he didn't they didn't shove the robot down our throats and and every pretty much every time they showed him it, it served a purpose whether he's being bounced around the Falcon or helping Finn get the right tool so that Ray can stop the leak. And and the whole thing with, you know, with Han calling a big deal throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, I, I, I thought, I thought Finn was fantastic and they, they were subtle, maybe not subtle. They, I appreciated how they made sure we knew that, uh, that this time around stormtroopers are, are nowhere close to being clones. They're all basically taken from their homes and trained. Uh, they can be black. They can be female, not just phasma, but you also had another stormtrooper talk with, with, with a female voice. So they, uh, the, the diversity all on the empire, but I thought Boyega did a fantastic job. I, I, I his interactions with, with Poe, with Han, uh, I, I had nothing to complain about with, with any of the new cast except, um, maybe, uh, the, the, the recap where, uh, Poe woke up at night and didn't see Finn or BB-8 in that morning when Finn woke up and he didn't, uh, he couldn't find Poe, just his jacket, uh, they wrap that up kind of neatly because he just shows up, you know, everybody shows up at the, uh, at the, at, at the Alliance base and, and, uh, just sum up how, uh, how they got sidetracked. I love that Chewie had a lot of action in this movie. 
Yes, he did. And Han, and, and, but in Han Solo, I mean. Oh, Han you know, definitely we, did, but. We knew that they were both gonna, I mean, we knew that all the, all the three originals were gonna be in the movie, but I mean, I had no idea that Han was gonna be one of the stars of the first movie. I, I didn't. It, it's Han's movie. He's certainly one of the main characters for sure. Yeah. I think Captain Phasma was criminally underused. I agree. Again though, the, so, but hold on though, but see, this is where I think Abrams is, is so meta that I love it. Like, you know, the, the, the one, for the people that, that aren't raving about it, the one criticism is that it's essentially a remake, right? Which I'm cool with. Like, and again, I think most of us, especially judging by the reactions and the reviews, are embracing that fact and that Abrams is, is, is paying the most overt and intentional homage by essentially remaking, in essence, the first film. But, but I think he did that in so many subtle and meta ways. And I think Phasma is another way he did that because he created such a buzz by putting this person in this crazy, awesome costume and having our minds race about them. And then we saw them for a very limited period of time, which is exactly what happened with Boba Fett. Oh, she is Boba Fett. But that's what yeah, I'm saying. But that's what happened in right. the film with Boba Fett, right? Boba Fett was nothing until later films. We didn't know a thing about him. He was just this cool dude we saw for uh, for a hot minute, and then we were like, "Oh man, how cool is that dude?" Like, and wondered what was what he was about. So, I mean, that's I think that's what Phasma is about. I suspect we'll see. You know, we'll see Phasma again. I don't think that she got oh yeah, into no, a definitely crash not. pit yeah, and killed. Sure. So, right. yeah. yeah, and you you know. I don't think it's entirely out of character for the Empire to rest on their laurels. I, I, I don't think I, – I, the, the remake thing doesn't sit well with me because if you remember in Jedi, what were they doing? They didn't learn from the oh, destruction yeah, no, they went of, the, bigger. of the first – I... Right. And they they would make a oh, bigger well, right. well, Death they Star. Would just, yeah, they would just take a planet. But – I'm I'm wondering now though if they are going. You can't get any bigger than that fucking Star Killer unless you just take over an entire galaxy. So I'm wondering if they're going to go smaller this time. I don't know. I, 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 it, 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 we'll see. But I thought it was cool how you had this device that literally sucked a star dry. And then we did say spoilers. When 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 it blows up, it creates another star. That that was neat. It was like everything the Empire or sorry, the First Order had done was completely erased, except for all the billions of lives that were lost when they destroyed, you know, the Republic. But I, I in relation to that one scene. That one devastating scene in the movie. Yeah, we're spoiling it. You can just say it. I didn't. All right. When, uh. When Ben. When Ben kills Han to yeah, accept his I, dark side. Right. I, I didn't. I, I went into the movie not knowing that that was going to happen. I had no freaking clue. But you knew it was, was happening the second he walked into that plank. No. I, well, I knew you know, it was happening when he said, I need to, you need to help me do something to break free. You need to help I me did, get away from what's bogging me down. You know why I knew something was going to happen? Because of that goddamn trailer. Because I watched the friggin' trailer. Now what, that's what I wanted to know. There, what, what? There's a, there's a part in the trailer where Finn fights Kylo in the snow with the lightsabers. Okay. And I'm, and, and up to that point when Han walks on the plank, 
that scene did not happen yet. And I'm wondering, well, wait a minute. If, if he's going to give up his lightsaber, how does he fight Finn in the snow? And it was the friggin' trailer a split second before he did it. It was the damn trailer that ruined it for me. That's why because I, if I mean, you just piece it yeah. together. That's why in your mind. I, I always, I would so much rather trailers to just show a bunch of random scenes and not show the scenes chronologically the way they're going to appear in a movie. Well, then you, you don't have to tell them any movie in a damn trailer. You're just you're just no, you don't. But if you have, you know. A, a, a scene that you know is going to yes no absolutely night. absolutely but then see that you could argue that the trailer the people who make the trailer aren't doing their jobs if this if this doesn't whet your appetite to get your ass in, in, in instigate you to get your butt in that theater seat then then they failed as a trailer and so that you got to catch 22 you can't watch a trailer without having anything spoiled even the most mundane no. insignificant well, thing listen, is and, and as you guys know one of my best friends is is one of the dudes that makes these trailers so mm-hmm. I can tell you, it's just like the ad world. The, the, the trailers are literally what the studio wants them to be. They make right. 20 different trailers, 20 different ideas, and the studio says, we want this, and then they basically write it when they have to make it. So, so yeah. like, it's, like, this isn't a case where, like, they, like, they're basically order takers. The studio wants it to look a certain way. Right. Well, someone, someone at, at the studio is dumb for putting that scene in. Where, where Finn is, is fighting Kylo Ren in the snow. Because you, you can, you can piece it together by watching yeah. the damn movie. You now, know, it's just, did, I, I don't, because of when I, you guys went, did you, did you have an audience that was going crazy for every appearance or, or familiar homage or was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I went, as you know, I went opening night Thursday at seven and packed house and it was just so much fun. It's been so long since I was in a film like that. I mean, when you see the, when they see the Falcon and when you see Han and Chewie and you know, you just every, like every couple minutes people are cheering and just clapping and hooping and hauling. It's just, it was so much fun. I, you know, um, what did that one part where, um, one of our favorites meets his ignominious end, more than one person stood up and were like, no, <laughs> there, there were people like shouting at the screen when that happened. Mm-hmm. It's sad, but oh, it absolutely. And, is. Remember way back when I was talking about the trailer and I said, why is Leia crying? Sure. But, you know, that was because of her son. I thought it was going to be because Luke went to the dark side. Oh, right. And I'm, I'm glad they didn't go that way. Right. Well, I guess because um, I was trying not to pay attention to stuff about the movie, but then uh, Mario put me on to the fact that um, of, of the actor that was playing Ben of Kylo. And once I realized it was him, I, I thought, okay, well, he has to be their son because, like, he's a young, dark-haired dude. Like, it has to be that. Although, I saw, oh, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> he does look a little needs, like Marilyn Manson. He needs Manson. to continue to wear, keep his hair long and, and wear turtlenecks because he is a homely-looking dude when he is is cleaned up. Well, he's but, in Girls, the show Girls. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. That's where I knew him from, but... Huh. Uh, it's, it's, where do you start? I, well, I thought, so I, Kylo, right? I mean, I, like, he's basically the, he's the new generation. He's the, the hipster millennial version of Darth. 
Right. Yes. And if you whiny and if bitch you have, that can't handle his emotions and gets upset when everything's not perfect, <laughs> and and goes to his grandfather instead of his parents because granddad's right. going to help you out. But that's you know what I think the dude's like totally untrained, right? And I love yep. that you got the you got the lightsaber with the raw energy, and yeah. you know he's basically not very good. Hence, 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 uh, homegirl's ability to whoop his ass in spite of never having any training herself. But he's got such unbelievable raw force, right? I mean, when he, when he stops that fucking laser, that beam, lightning bolt. Oh, holy dude. shit! Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I think, and I'm I'm almost certain I'm correct on this. Remember when he says. To Ray, yeah, this girl I've heard so much about. It's his sister. Ray is his sister. I think they're cousins. I think it's Luke's. Kid. Think, well, yeah. it's it's got to be blood. Oh yeah, no, there's blood, but it's he's because it plays into everything that came before. It's this is all right. about the family. I'm sure. I, I'm I'm of the mind that she's Luke's daughter. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're going to introduce Mara Jade. I would love it. That'd be- that because they don't even have to call her Mara Jade. If, right. it, if it causes some kind of problems, just have a redhead in oh, in in a, in a flashback, you know. But um, what was I going to say? Da, 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 da. There's a there's an Empire Strikes Back homage in this thing too. Oh well, dude, there's many homages. I mean, some some have said that it that we shouldn't think of it so much as a remake of the of of the first movie, but in essence, a a, a recap and a remake of the first three. And the you know setting us up for the next part of the journey, you know. But yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's. I mean, look, there's homages to all those first three, right? I mean, I mean, when 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 Ray gets the when she's being pursued and she starts hallucinating and seeing you know her visions and stuff, that's that's Luke in the cave in in Empire Strikes Back. That's when he when he when he imagines that Darth is is, oh. is coming after. It's the I whole mean, you've thing. got you've got BB-8, you know, you've got a droid with a map, right? <laughs> Which You've got the 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 old Jedi who who You've is got a desert planet, right? Yeah, exactly. You've got the old Jedi, exactly right. Um, you, you've got the the snow planet. Yeah. You've got the the jilted father son. Only at least this time it's on the other side of the good versus evil. You've got you've got Han the smuggler, right? You've got the young natural native of the Force who doesn't. You know who who doesn't hasn't been trained yet. Uh, you've got the you know the hotshot action hero in this case. In this time, he's a fighter pilot, so he's like a combination of Han and Wedge. Or right, yeah, yeah. You've got the Death Star. You've got the you've got the, the Sith Lord. You've got the obviously the 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 General Tarkin or the Grand Moff Tarkin. You know, only a younger version. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things, and again, they're directly homages, but. But I think I was yeah. cool with that. Like I was like, he's just he's this to me. This movie was just exactly what we, what we wanted it to be. It was a complete, unapologetic love letter to the first three, and JJ saying, "I got your back. We're back to the world that you wished we were. Ba- we were. Oh, we never yeah. left." Right. And yeah. I'm a little nervous about the fact that he's not directing the next one. I'm not, because I, I don't think he put anybody in that chair that wasn't up to the task oh yeah i, I hope I'm, you're right i, I mean I, right, yeah right, right. Uh, no it's it's there, there's there's something i i'm i'm I, yes i do see all the similarities but to me it's it's the mythology these things re- reoccur it, they're cyclical you had the you know it was you can argue that the prequels are very similar to 
um, the, 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 the middle three. I mean, there's, it's, it's a cycle. This is the way it works in this Star Wars universe. And I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I'm not gonna, gonna pick this movie apart and, and it's fun to do, but I mean, it's ultimately futile to, to go in and say, well, this is like this and this is like that. Who cares? It was two plus hours of just extreme excitement for me. No, I agree with you. I agree. And I think that, that, to me, in almost every instance, the way that it's quote unquote just like the originals was like a, a, just a wonderful modern reimagination of the things that made us giddy in the first place. So, like, I think that was that was a fine and conscious choice by him, and it worked. You know, it worked. It. it uh, I am very interested in seeing it for a second time just to see how it plays without all of the emotional expectations that that we had in the in the first viewing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It looks see, one of my problems with the prequels were they were there was a lot of sheen. To exactly the right. These feel uh, like yeah, exactly right. Yeah. This movie feels like a natural progression from Jedi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which isn't to say that the special effects were not up to the task because they were awesome. It's just that there's a there's a dirtiness and a grit to the to this movie that the prequels didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Like it a lot. I'm gonna go back and see. What did you too. uh what did you think of uh of Kylo's uh Sith Lord? I thought that was incredible. Um the the the, the top dog wouldn't appear in person and he would take a a uh a, a larger than life um you know imagery like the, the guy was gigantic the, for for a second though i didn't like i thought he was an alien a type of alien that was a giant oh and oh I yeah like, yeah i don't know shit like the sith lord's a fucking giant well that would be cool yeah. and we don't we don't know that he's not mm, well I, I think you're right but i can think it was we can assume with the with it being yeah, I, I thought that 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 sequence was really cool and everyone when you're that big freaking even the biggest person on the planet is subservient to you and that's the way it should be. And I'll tell you what, I mean, Andy Serkis just, like, talk about a guy that just, all right, we gotta have someone that, we gotta have some CGI character, all right, let's get Andy to do it, right? It's like, yeah. It's like the dude ever, he's always, he plays every one of those roles. I hope they go all out for the, the, uh, DVD, or the Blu-ray of this. I hope we get like 12 hours of extras, cause I'll watch them all. Yeah. Jason won't, but I will. The, yeah. um, I thought Ma, I, I, you won't watch the extras because you're not a fan of the whole documentary and behind the scenes type things with the movies. Right. Well, that's probably true. Uh, I, I dug Maz. I just thought she was a tad plain for, I, it, she, she did what she was supposed to do. I thought the, the, I don't want to say the role because it was all CGI, but I, I, I thought the going there and, and, and moving things along, I was kind of hoping or I was expecting her to, because she looked down after Ray ran out of the castle, that um, she was going to put the lightsaber inside BB-8, and then he would be there to give it to her. But instead, she she hands it off to um, to Finn. But the it was just, I guess, with the whole buildup that Han was making going into the place and telling everybody not to stare at anything you see. I just, I, I expected, I guess something a little more, especially with the whole pause before she turned around and 
it was weird. I'm, I'm building up this one character for no reason at all. I just, I was just expecting something a little more, I think. You know, they played Dirty Carpool and Rolling Stone too, because there's a, a cover story. Um, in the last issue of Rolling Stone on Star Wars, and they talked to Harrison Ford, and whoever wrote the article says uh, Ford was reluctant to go into his uh, the possibility that he will appear in subsequent movies, which um, casts um, you know suspicion on the fact that he makes it out of this one. It was right in Rolling Stone. Uh. Like seriously, the person who wrote it knew. You know, he he wanted to be too cool for school and and try and work it in without actually saying it, but yeah. you know, I, I, I that stuff just and what I one of the things I really want to say is kudos to everybody on the Facebooks, at least people that I follow, That's because cool. I didn't see any spoilers on on Facebook. Did you? No, but I was. Well, I avoided I was, Facebook too. Yeah, same here. I, I wasn't online. Um, the I, I absolutely love that Kylo's name is Ben. Um, I, I, I really can't. I, I, I want more. I want more now. I just, yeah, know, just to see the, uh, the, the, yeah, and, and just, well, like, uh, yeah, I mean, going back to the whole homage aspect of it, you know, she, she leaves Finn in a coma. And, and, you know, that's pretty much the end of, uh, well, not the end of Return of the Jedi because Luke was with Leia when he watches Lando and, and Chewie fly away. But, you know, the heroes are constantly down at the, uh, at the end of the movies. Han was in Garbonite at the end of Empire. So it's, it's not, it's not unusual for, for Finn to not be standing at, at, at the end of the first chapter. Um, R2 coming, waking up may have seemed a little abrupt just, just for, you know, for some reason, all of a sudden he's just finally going to come out of low power mode. I thought that that scene when, when the, the resistance shows up and Han and Chewie standing there watching the doors open and Han's waiting for Leia and she comes out and <laughs> C3PO just, throws his head in there and oh maybe he didn't recognize me because of my red arm and and he's just and then he's just as man i it it hit all all the beats for me i how about fucking miles showing up from from lost dude miles and mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean anybody and anybody who's worked with jj abrams before because even uh that greg dude from alias and felicity um he was one of the fighter pilots yeah um, greg Thank you. I wish they had Matthew Fox in it, so then he could he could inhale and and grab his temple when when Han dies. Like, so funny. Sick. That's his cry. Just inhale and grab your temple. Sick. Damn, dude, you better. A little bit. There's yeah. there's a huge uh, buildup of people that are convinced that uh, Snoke is uh, Darth Plagueis. Really? Yeah. Do they give reasons why? Yeah, lots. I mean, first of all, like a lot of the hardcore Star Wars nerds say he's absolutely a member of the Mun species, which has appeared throughout a lot of the extended universe because who are like super thin, seven foot, seven feet plus tall aliens, mainly known for running all the banks 
mm-hmm. at, the, at the galaxy. So, I mean, it seems like a lot of people say, oh, he's definitely a Mun. And Plagueis was a Mun. So, um, and Plagueis also was able to, by, at least by, by all accounts, um, was able to create new life and sustain his life. He, he, he figured out how to be immortal. So, hmm. yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, they control the banking. You had to guess that that death planet wasn't cheap to build. Correct. Seriously. How much money was funneled into that thing? You transform a planet into a gun. It's, it's inconceivable. But, and Plagueis trained Palpatine, so we go full circle. The one thing I was expecting that they didn't do was after the crawl, they didn't pan down with the star field. The Star Destroyer came into this, into the. Wow. Uh, Missed that. Yeah. I'll tell you. Cause I, that's I, in, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's in every movie. They pan down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, they keep going. Yeah. I, uh, I knew we were, we were good when they started the opening crawl. Like yeah. I knew I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's very simple too. Yeah. Right, it's and it not just sets like, up it's an adventure. We're on searching yeah. for Luke Skywalker. Right, that's it. Yeah. It's there's trouble in the Senate. The, the Trade Federation has yeah. you know increased. What? Who cares? Uh, well, we won't we won't shit on Lucas. But the, um, it was great, man. It was just it was great. It was yep. absolutely wonderful. I, I got it when Finn was looking for uh, for bandages so he could tend to Chewie. He found the remote. That, uh, yeah, you could practice with. I just, man, there are just so many things and that the chessboard, the chessboard came back to life and, you know, cause you turned it on. It was, uh, yeah, no, it was, oh man. Should we definitely got to upgrade on his, uh, his, his, his boat, his Bosch gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I find it hard yeah. to believe though that all these years Han had never, yeah, Han never shot fire it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, maybe Chewie was very particular oh, about yeah. his cross. <laughs> I like this thing. It but is there. Like, even even the way Chewie reacted, like oh, we don't know. Dude. Obviously, we don't know all of Ben's story, but we do know that you know, like uh, apparently, the Knights of Ren is is another expanded universe concept that's referenced in this book in this movie, and uh, and it was something that Luke started, and uh, and Kylo basically. I mean, so the belief is that basically, you know, Ben had the dark side in him, and he killed the rest of the Knights of Ren, and uh, and that's what sent Luke into hiding. Much like like Obi Wan did, right? Basically, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, so I'm really excited because you know we 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 see we see Ben get his ass whooped, get all fucking cut up, and then Snoke's like, "All right, go get his body and bring him to me. It's time to complete his training." Yep. So he's gonna fucking be turned into Darth, man. They're gonna have to put him in a fucking suit, an exoskeleton, finish his training, get him tight and right, and he's gonna be a fucking unstoppable badass in the second movie. Yep. He needed to be maimed, though. Yeah. I don't think he was maimed enough. He was scarred. But if you look at Darth, or Anakin, lost limbs. Luke lost limbs. Ben should have lost a body part. Ben didn't. I mean, most Jedis didn't. It's not like Yoda had all his body parts. I mean, Sidious Sidious had all his body parts. Uh, Tyrannus had all his body parts. But it's 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 inherent into the, the the procedure that the there there there's that bloodline. Well, in Ben's not that bloodline, so there yeah. you go. I yeah. mean, I think it's implied though that 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 
that that uh, that that band was pretty fucked up. I mean, oh yeah, he's yeah. you know he's 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 in bad shape. So, how'd you think? How'd you like the music? That was great. Yeah, John Williams. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely helped make it feel like a continuation of Star Wars movie. I'm a little upset. I stayed till the very, very end. Nothing. I knew. I, he, I he said there I was no app, credits. So yeah. yeah. So there was. I I got to leave. One guy stood up and said, "It's not a Marvel movie, people. There's nothing at the end." <laughs> I must admit, That's I said still the same thing. Did you really? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were there that guy. People that bought like that we all went together. And uh, as we were getting, like, I, I, me and my boys were getting up to go, and they were like, "Wait, you got to hang out." I'm like, "You don't have to hang out. This is Marvel." <laughs> All right, we done, right? I think. But what do you get? I give it ten out of ten. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the most fun I've had in the theater in years. I, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I enjoyed being in the theater as much as this. I give it a nine point nine. Yeah, okay, right. It, Just because I, I didn't see a do back picks that I guess we all had, but there's no do back in it. What the hell? How can you have a movie without a do back? It's the best. All right, everybody. We're, I, I'm, I think we're, we're tired because for Jason not to be incredibly vocal, it's, he must be tired. Are you tired? Are you tired? I don't understand. I haven't stopped talking. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare it's an you? Good day, sir. Well, Merry yes. Christmas, listeners. Yeah, have a good one. We love you all and we'll be back, uh, sometime before the new year. Yeah. Big, big stinking hugs to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you make sure you come back. It uh, gets to answering your 11 o'clockers, people. Get on it. For serious. Yeah. And, uh, as usual, David, say Merry Christmas. Merry hmm? Christmas. <laughs> Good night, people. Good night. Bye. Bye.